Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The internet. Go to Messiah's Branch.org. Write to Dan. Send a note to Branch. 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time from Messiah's Branch. Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need, first aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monitor box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851, or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com, or simply call heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. 
Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Nope. Okay. They right, say, 
Yeah, I think Richard L. Stump has joined us, has he not? I just landed. <laughs> I bet your I bet your arms are tired. Now uh, our no, special guest. Yeah, is it, it, it makes the feet shorter, uh, the knees shorter. Everything. I mean, your whole body gets shorter. When <laughs> That's you land, a bad landing. Uh huh. Yeah, you look like That's a midget for a little while. I said that's a bad landing. That when you when you're flying and your legs get shorter, it's a bad landing. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. And then I, mm-hmm. I, I I need to find out. Ray, are you with us? Ray Warren, have you joined our August group of folks? Okay. Yeah, evidently not. Because we, I forgot to call him yesterday and remind him we were going to do this. And this is a man who teaches dance. He's 72 years old and he teaches dance. And when he throws somebody's back or hips out or something like that, then he turns his dance partner over to his wife who does cranial sacral work. Hmm. Oh, yeah. by the way, being we're talking about what people do, if someone's in Utah and they just have to have organic sulfur, even at 11 o'clock at night, they can go to Robertson's tobacco and coffee shop because they sell organic sulfur, just in case you were wondering. But Yeah, but it costs more than, you know, otherwise. Um, so, um, and then if you want Kona Coffee, there's the, one of our study members has a little retreat uh, in Hawaii where he grows Kona Coffee, and you can stay in his little place and drink all the coffee you want, and they have working toilets. You know, these are just offhanded comments. We don't do advertising or anything like that. And Frank's any sulfur, but he doesn't have any. So, that, you know, if you want to call him, call him with an advanced order. Say, Frank, I want to buy that next batch of organic sulfur you get, okay? All right, we got, well, I think we got all the ads covered. Well, most of the ads covered. Um, who? Wait, who, where? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, 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 fantastic. I would like to introduce uh, a gentleman, must be, he's from uh, New Hampshire. Is that it, Ray? Where are you from? I'm Vermont. Yeah, I'm sorry. Vermont, the land of... Yeah, girls. Okay, so Ray's been teaching people how to dance for uh, at least a thousand years. And we wanted him on the show because Mm. we talked about what sulfur can do, and we talked about all this exercise stuff. And I think Ray would agree with us that dance is the most glorious exercise you can do. And sometimes it has rewards that are quite wonderful. If you have a a wife or, you know, or, you know someone who you just hang out with. So, Ray, would you please say hello to the audience and correct me all the things I said that are wrong. Well, I didn't hear you say anything wrong. It's nice to be on, the, on this call. Um... Yes, I love dance. I've been teaching ballroom and Latin dance now for oh, 35, 40 years, and probably dancing a lot longer than that. You know, when I was a teenager, that's uh, we had dances every week, and um, every Friday and Saturday night, so I'd go to dances. Well, that's where the girls were, so that was the best place to go. And then I trained with Arthur Murray Studios, worked for them for a while, and went off on my own. And um, so now I've been teaching dance in Vermont for the last 15 years, along with okay, the other things. I don't know if Frank is uh, right, and I've been involved with uh, health, alternative health for many years. I was an acupuncturist for many years, a Reiki master teacher, worked a lot with energy stuff. 
By the way, how old are your oldest students? How, my oldest students? Um, yeah. I have a, I have a student who's incredible. You look at him, and I ask people, how old do you think this guy is? Oh, he's about 60. Well, he's 82. <laughs> and, he dances at the farm. But, and I have other uh dancers in their 80s and a lot in their 70s. Well, I'm 72 myself, and I hope to be teaching dance for another 30 years or, or more if I can. Our 80-year-olds so, are looking at the next four decades, so I think you have to revamp your uh, schedule. Yeah. Um, well, I was shooting for 115. Maybe I'll be able to stretch that out with a little more sulfur. Well, well and dancing. You know, keeping the stress down and uh, all the depression stuff at, at bay and writing more poetry. So there's two poetry books on there um, uh, Poetry Healing, the both on poetry healing, and then um, the stress book, the depression book, and I also have one young adult book there. Um, and more books to come. Well, uh, you know, yeah, Ray, you're just a kid. Absolutely, and you yeah. convinced me of that, Patrick. You went really and, good with that. And the, you know, I don't, I don't know that many of our eighty-year-old uh, study members really listen to this show. They don't have to. You know, they've come to realization that they've got life ahead of them. And I'm, the people, people ask you, would you listen to this or that? And I, no, I don't. I'm on the phone with people all day long, learning stuff. You know, learning what culture mm -hmm. does. And you know, Cindy would agree. I mean, I've been just I've been discussing dance as the only true exercise that any of us need to do. You know, um, I believe you're correct in that. And for me, dancing with another person, you know, in conjunction with another person, really opens it up even more. I mean, you can dance around the house and and boogie, and that's all great exercise, or go to take Zumba classes, and that's mm -hmm. all fun stuff. But being able to move through space and time with rhythm, with another person attached as one unit, yeah. it's, just, it's just a fabulous feeling. You just can't beat it. And with the music, people ask me, what is your favorite dance? Well, the favorite dance that I like is whatever the best song is playing at that time. It's all about yeah. the music and the rhythm for me. Sometimes it could be a waltz, it could be a salsa, it could be a swing dance. Yeah. Um, I just, I love music and I love rhythm. You know, we are about rhythm. Life is about rhythm. And and it's all about energy. We are just energy. Um, our bodies are energy. Every, all of our thoughts have to do with energy and, and chemistry. And um, so, you know, if we can move through life like a dance with, with movement and rhythm and smoothly, um, there's not, nothing better than that. Well, just so, tell me if I, you would agree with this. If we can get uh, enough Arthur Murray Studios going and other independent studios going and get all, everyone dancing, we could cancel World War Three. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the um, we uh, I got a call from uh, a, a lady to reorder sulfur, 
And I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm doing fine. I go dancing. And I said, you told me you had a walker. She said, well, I used a walker. But when I'm dancing, George holds me up. Mm-hmm. I, I know uh, some dancers with Parkinson's. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, that when they're not dancing, you know, they have a hard time. But once they get into that flow, and you've even seen, I think they've, done experiments with people with Parkinson's who can barely walk, but they put them on a bicycle, they can climb. <laughs> it's incredible you know, it's, uh, how that works. You never forget how to ride a bicycle, except right. we have folks who have Alzheimer's who can't remember what a bicycle is. <laughs> they also can't remember who they are. But we have another group uh-huh. of them who've been taking sulfur for a while. They remember who they are. They remember what a bicycle is, even though what Beijing is. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and they're they're enjoying life. Are they dancing? But you know, with you, no. But they're dancing, and they're dancing with each other, and they're not mad at anybody. Right. They don't uh, hate dancing people. with someone else is such a great. Um, uh, um, a great way to work on relationships as well. I mean, I've had young people come to me that want to learn their wedding dance, and sometimes after five minutes I want to say to them, you guys might want to rethink this because you can't how to do it, you know. But then I've had other people that have been together 50 years and come and take private lessons, and, and they're just fine uh, because... Because they just uh, agree with each other, you know. You know, you can't condemn somebody else without they're or doing they're doing it, and you can't tell them they're wrong. You have to let them find their own way. Well, and it's, it's like, uh, it, it, you know, as with dance, our health is the same way. It's our responsibility Absolutely. to put our feet in the right places. You know, it's our responsibility. We can go out there and stumble around and make excuses, but if we're going to dance, we're going to put our feet in the right places at the right time. And if we're going to deal with our health, we're going to put the minerals in the right places at the right time. I mean, Adam's all about sun sink nutrition. There's a certain time where you should not eat cassava. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, and and he's Adam's from Antares. Now, what did you say the favorite dance of Antares is, Adam? A Watusi. <laughs> you know, it's when, when the majority of the people on the planet, they work hard, they get home, and they just flop in the couch, and they may get a beer, they may get a drink, they may do something of that sort, and they're done, they're beat. But, you know, if you can drag their, their sorry fanny off the couch and get them onto a dance floor where music is playing, even by live musicians. And we have a number mm-hmm. of live in this. We're gonna we're gonna put an orchestra together. And oh by the way, which 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 beat do you think is the best for sulfur? Waltz, Foxtrot, or what? Uh, the, the best beat for sulfur is whatever's playing. <laughs> <laughs> Attitude to get you to the dance floor. 
uh, people who call me, and the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, I'm dying of cancer. And my response is, fantastic. And they say, why would you say that? And I say, because maybe you'll listen this time. Right. Yeah, you know, it's, um, right. If, if we're going to let the experts control our health, we won't go dancing. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, it's, uh, there is saying around the dance community that um, you don't you don't stop dancing because you get old. You get old because you stop dancing. I, I think that's true. I mean, I really do mm-hmm. think that's true. Um, I mean, I, I've talked to people, uh, especially women, who never went to a dance in their entire life. And the reason they'd never gone to a dance in their entire life is they were ugly. And now, after taking for a little while, they tell me they're beautiful. Now, I guess I could challenge them and say, look, you told me you were an ugly child, that you were a teenager, you never went to a dance, you've never been kissed, and now you're telling me you're beautiful? Fantastic. Oh, absolutely. It's it's an inside job. Beauty is an inside job. We have all kinds of dancers. Some of them are really beautiful, and uh, but they're really tough to dance with. And others maybe not so uh, in a physical sense, but I'd rather dance with them all night because it's how they feel and how they project themselves onto the floor, how they can feel the rhythm and be, and be a partner with me. Um you know, flow through the air with me. That's, well, you know, the dance. Yeah, Ray. Dance was never mentioned during Genesis, at least the early part of Genesis. But something was, and it, it reflects what you just said. Um, Genesis two two, and the Lord God found formed man from the dust of the ground. That dust had sulfur in it. Realizing he had made a horrible mistake, he made man sleep and made woman. Because when you watch a man dance all by himself, I'm sorry, it doesn't look good. A woman can pull it off, but a man can't pull it off. A man has to have a woman on his arm, and that way he doesn't look clumsy. Absolutely. It's the women that make us look good. Uh, You know, uh, there are people who want to be solitary and don't want to have friends and all that stuff. And I guess that's okay. I, I get tired of my own company after a while. Uh, but, you know, to be able to stride out onto a dance floor and pick up the tune and sashay around and have fun, even maybe get a little sweat on your brow, you know, I mean, that's that's better than Don Perignon. <laughs> and a lot cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot better for you. You'll <laughs> <laughs> so go along much further. You know, well, the, uh, you know, we've, we've left Adam and, and Doc Stump in the, in the background, but I think they probably have questions they want to ask you about whatever you know, and I guess they'll ask you. Richard or Adam, can, okay. you, can you ask me an intelligent question about dance, health, uh, child-rearing, depression, nuclear energy, uh, or, or chopsticks? I just like to know whether a gigolo should know how to dance. <laughs> Ray? <laughs> Pretty quiet out there. Do you have an answer? 
I, I, I think like you to, caught him. I'd like to ask a question Richard? about attitude, you know, when it comes to uh, things like um, being overwhelmed and being stressed, that uh, it's up to us how we want to perceive what goes on around us.
whether you're standing or laying down, uh, they may make a good partner through life. Yeah. You know, if, if anybody remembers Saturday Night Fever, well, this one girl didn't want to dance with him because he would make her look bad. Well, if you're uh-huh. dancing together, you make each other look good. Oh, boy, let's look, make each other look good. We don't want to look bad. We want to look good. You know, well, so I, dance, well, dance is doing it, and dance is also watching it. I do love to dance. I remember when I got out of high school, I took uh, a high school girl to her senior prom, and she said, I hope you're not one of those guys that doesn't dance. I said, I tell you what, let's not sit down for a single dance and dance all night. So we did, and we were engaged by uh, by the time the dance ended. So now you have to cool. the audience in. You've also had five wives. Now he has an <laughs> alibi for each one of them, so he's not he's not one of the mass murderers or anything. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's a you know hey, what a perfect partner, someone you can dance with. Also, I studied uh, with a Sufi named Adnan Sarhan and dance. Not the square dance you see in some of these Sufi groups, but an intense form of free-form dancing. Uh, it's not exactly free-form, but it's close. And I've done that for hours on end. So I love it. I've got into ecstatic conditions where I could throw myself on the floor, straight on my back on a wooden floor, not even get a scratch or anything. And I've sat and vibrated after for a single hour where I actually wore two layers of skin off my tailbone from rotating because I had my legs crossed in a uh, tailor position from the energy left over from the dancing. So I fully know that uh, every civilization has used dancing as a consciousness device, whether you're called, talking about voodoo or Africa or American Indians or... Well, hang on, hang on. The Nazis didn't ever use dance politically. Yeah, I know. They actually had a movie about that, about how they tried to stop that. And the Baptists in the East Texas, uh, they weren't allowed to dance. They called it movement classes <laughs> because they attributed it entirely with sexuality, which it has a component there. But I don't find uh, that's the major thing. It's ecstasy. Well, it's it's joy. You know, we were put on the planet to enjoy the planet. We're also supposed to take care of it. But you can't enjoy the planet if you are blind to what the planet is. I've gotten in stages, uh, states of consciousness where I could injure myself and just use the energy of the dance to apply my hand to the injury and heal it within minutes. Serious injuries. So I know it's actually a healing device, and it's used that way in primitive societies. So whether it's Arthur Murray or hip-hop or whatever it is, all of these dances resonate with your cells and uh, coordinate with the dance of your organs, which is basically a symphony. That's my understanding. Well, that actually is working with the lymphatics, right? Yes. That's like lymphocyzing on that rebound stuff. You lymphocyzing on a rebound and you get part of the exercise. You're dancing, so... Yeah, but dancing uh, with a girl and with a boy is more fun. I mean, that's the, I think that's the argument that Ray and I are trying to make. If you, I mean, who was accused of being a faggot dancer in Telluride, Colorado, because I taught the girls how to dance. I needed money. And I would much rather dance with a partner than just wiggle my fanny. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that okay? Uh, in the background, I can hear Frank queuing up the music. Let's dance. <laughs> yeah, let's dance. And, and this, the song we're going to hear is uh, hard to dance to, but the message is good. So we'll see you in five. Thank you. What's uh, born as the young birds will grow. It's why we're young love. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
called the Nitty Gritty. It was oh. popular back in the day, uh, kind of an early beginning of some other rock forms of dancing. Ray, have you ever done the Nitty Gritty? I haven't, haven't done the Nitty Gritty officially. <laughs> Coincidentally, I have it posted on my Facebook page. Doing the Nitty Gritty in Italy? Not me, no. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Introduced by Peter Lawford, and a whole bunch of people are doing the Nitty Gritty. <laughs> oh, 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 the Rat Pack. Uh, now we understand. That's right. Now we understand. By the way, and the uh, I know that the girls across the street from you, uh, Oprah and Ellen, 
are really, really very busy. But we have a, a latest scheme to get sulfur to them, or at least information about sulfur, small dogs with big collars carrying secret information. Uh-huh. They should be arriving at your house on uh, Tuesday. They are trained to search out girls with money. If the Frisbees didn't work because they're no, the too far they away threw, from the gates. It's just horrible. I know. I guess we could uh, we could do a decapitating pediatrician thing in the house, but I, you know, that's a lot of blood on the wall. So if we get back to the idea that our health is our responsibility, the best exercise in the world is dance, which means you have to find a partner. Am I close, right? Right. That's that's a good start. And then uh, it helps to find a place to dance. If you find a studio, there are a lot of private studios plus all the ephemeral studios. And you don't have to commit to uh, spending a million dollars, but, you know, get yourself out there. And there's a lot of uh, group classes that don't cost much. and, And it's not about how fancy the dance is. That's my point to my students always. It's not about how many steps or patterns you learn. It's about how well you can connect with the rhythm of the music and how well you can connect with your partner. You can keep the steps very simple and just have a wonderful, wonderful dance without trying to show off to everybody. There are a lot of show-offs out there that think they know a lot of steps, but then sometimes they tear the arms off of the girls or, um, you know. Hey, wasn't that John Travolta? Yeah. Okay, the the interesting thing about that that came to mind, which now, of course, has disappeared from my mind because that happens if you're trying to think about nine different things at a time, um, is... I've been really fortunate over the years to not go to dances where fights happen. That's good. Okay, I mean, you know. We fights in our- yeah, I mean, West Side Story was, okay, well, let's have a fight. Well, no, let's dance. Uh, and, you know, when, it, when it's just, there's, there's certain things. Uh, we're working on a musical, Organic Soul for the Musical. That would be clever. Uh, you know, if we can just get people's minds away from all the negative and they understand what a wonderful, what a, what a magnificent paradise that we live in, and if we took care of it, it would be more magnificent, and that means we take our girls dancing. If we don't have a girl, we find someone who wants to go dancing and go dancing. Well, a lot of romances have started on the dance floor. That's how my wife and I got together. Uh, we blame it all on Frank Sinatra. And that guy's <laughs> under my skin. We were doing uh, Foxtrot, was teaching her Foxtrot, and here we are. I, I shared with you. Uh, yeah, Ray, I shared with you a, a, a kinescope that I saw at a uh, convention for people with ileostomies and colostomies. And the the right. uh, kinescope was of Fred um, Astaire. Right. And in the same way that you just discussed, what he said was. If you walk pointing your toes and your fingers, you won't fall off the stage. If you don't point your fingers and your toes, you'll go anywhere you want. But if you point your fingers and your toes, you'll go where you're supposed to go. Not once did he mention his colostomy in that in that little kinescope. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the... Um, yep, it also has to point your nose in the direction you want to go, too. Exactly. 
you know, I mean, we know he couldn't do manual labor, but he could dance. You know, other people built the Panama Canal, but he could dance. Gregory Hines, you know, didn't start race riots, but he could dance. If you can walk across the street, you can dance. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's the tango. It's a walk. You know, it's a strut. It's 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 you know it's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of peacocks trying to figure out which peacock is the girl and which peacock is the boy. <laughs> Sometimes they're all peacocks. Well, yeah, we we may haven't danced with you long enough. You know that'll change. Uh, it's uh-huh. yeah. The thing that's reassuring to me, and you mentioned that you've gotten into alternative health because you've seen people who. Really, you know, will never finish the dance class because they'll die. Mm-hmm. You know, and and if you're going to make a living, you got to keep those people alive. And that's you married your wife. You know, before you came on, I said, well, what he does is he teaches people how to dance, and he throws them out of kilter, and then gives them to his wife, who straightens them out. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and that's, uh, yeah. sure, you're going to find a, uh, now think about it. It's not that you found a girl who's good at it. She found you. Mm-hmm. It's always girl's yeah. choice in yeah. Telluride. It's always girl's choice. It's always girl's choice in India, even though they have arranged marriages. It's always girl's choice in Russia. It's always girl's choice in, in Brazil. It's always girl's choice in Argentina. None of us boys ever picked our girls. They picked us. Uh, and if they don't like what they picked, they have to remind them they picked us. <laughs> we didn't pick them. <laughs> I mean, have you ever in a dance class had one of your students say, no, I don't want to dance with you, Mr. Warren? <laughs> well, I have, had, I have been turned down with dances for various reasons, I suppose. But, uh, oh, you mean you were a Republican? I was a Republican. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, By the way, yeah. I don't know if Donald can dance, but Marla Trump can dance. Uh-huh. You know, well, ex-wife Mrs. Can. Trump can dance. She's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And Melina is a citizen of Slovenia. So if we elect Donald, we will have the first foreign-born citizen as first lady. <laughs> now, hey, Cruz and Rubio can't even compete with that. <laughs> you know, we live in a society where we believe that all the people who are leading us to the dance class know what they're doing. No. If you want to learn how to dance, find someone who teaches dance. Don't find a politician. Don't find a priest. Don't find a general. Don't find a colonel. Don't find someone in the Air Force. Because if you want to dance, it's fluid motion. It's the joy of being able to move. You know, it's... it's, uh, I haven't been dancing for a long time. I will admit that. Matter of fact, I have to go to see my favorite shrink at least three times a week and say, look, I've been dancing... And he says, without his legs, I can understand that. That was a without his legs joke. <laughs> well, you better get to that dance floor then. 
The um, my son-in-law has been in a wheelchair for 20 years, and when his daughter got married, they danced. She sat in his lap. Mm-hmm. So you know, even if you can't, if you're in a wheelchair, you can, if you can play basketball, you can dance. Yeah, I've seen some nice performances with uh, dancers in wheelchairs. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, it's the desire. Do you want to dance? Well, my legs don't work. Well, I didn't ask you if your legs worked. The question was, do you want to dance? Mm-hmm. And, you know, over the years, there have been musicals that ask that same question. Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? Mickey Rooney, do you want to dance? Uh, that, that, you know, that uh, Yankee Doodle Bandy guy, do you want to dance? Fred Astaire, do you want to dance? Right. Ginger Rock. Would you like to dance with me? Um, and I think that we can. I think we can disband all of the armies of the world if we can get a, a national basketball association team for for North Korea and and turn in all the weapons for a dance card. Mm-hmm. That way, the only That's people who can whip are dancers. <laughs> and you're pardon. Trying- I'm sorry. Do it again. To get all that happening, we got to get that dancing happening. Well, Everybody you know, if they're going to be healthy enough to go dancing, I think they ought to add sulfur to their diet. Here's the deal. Uh, and John, who's not with us tonight because he's on a secret mission, he said, well, you know, you guys are just trying to be too funny. We're not trying to be funny. Ill health is funny. But of all the people who have called me regarding their ill health, um, gee, they don't remember what it was. You know, their their ill health is no longer concerning because they don't have their ill health anymore. So when I suggest someone to go dancing, you know, it's long before I met Ray, you know, or, or ever discussed the dancing part of it because, you know, when I forget, forgot to ask Ray that question when he first called. But, you know, if, if we if we can get uh, widows and widowers on the dance floor, they may cease to be widowers and widows. And I happen to have a stake. I have a stake in a little uh, marriage chapel in Las Vegas, so he can tell you where to go. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, we were meant to be with each other, whether it's on the dance floor or in bed or in the living room or in the kitchen. We were not meant to be alone. Alone is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're our, our worst enemies. Well, yeah, but when you're dancing, you have to make the worst enemies stay on the chair. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you have to make your partner the most important. You know, we have to take care of our partners. Uh, we have to make sure that they're safe. So anytime we lead them around, we have to lead them in a respectful and kind manner and gentle manner. We have to take ourselves there first and let them come along naturally. We don't shove them there. We don't jerk them around. We don't break their arms off. Um, there's, there is definitely a method to it, just like there is on a a bicycle or a ski slope or a motorcycle or a horse. There's yeah, a the, connection to this other thing that you have. 
I I had to run an errand just before the radio show, and is in the retirement home. And as I was getting off the uh, elevator, there was a pretty little girl, probably 48, 49, uh, who had arms that were about six inches long, and her fingers were about an inch and a half long, fully articulated. And I wanted to stop and say, well, was it thalidomide or what? But, yeah, you know, it, it, she was enjoying life without me asking her any silly questions. I already know the history of the situation. And uh, But this is a person actually living a, a full and vigorous life, it appears, even though her arms are only six inches long. How in the hell do you fasten a bra or, you know, her arms are only six inches long? You know, know she, can she cook? <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask her if I see her again. Who do you have in mind? <laughs> One of your dancers has arms that are too long? <laughs> oh, they can cook easy. Well, uh, hmm. You know, I, I would imagine that uh, cooking with six-inch arms is really pretty tough. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, you know if, if if I see this woman again, I'll you know I'll take the time to ask because I'm a curious devil, and I want to know exactly how does a person go through life without arms that are long enough to pick your nose? Well, I've seen I've seen a couple of Facebook posts, uh, one with a woman, one with a guy, who had no arms. Yeah. They got in their car. They drove their car. They fastened the seatbelts with their feet. This woman put her eye makeup on with her toes. Yeah. The other guy, the computer guy, did it all with his feet. I mean, they, you know, did, did it all and didn't complain. There's a there's another guy that goes around and speaks. I forget what his name is. Victor, is it Victor? The fellow that has uh, no arms or legs, and uh, he he's a uh, motivational speaker. Yeah. Um, incredible stuff. Just. It's just incredible, you know, saying, you know, you have no reason to be sorry for yourself. You know, you can do it all. So it doesn't matter with arms or legs. You can get out there. You can find a way to dance. You can find a way to uh, put your makeup on. Well, you know, um, let's, let's, let's wander off. You mentioned that you had a bout of depression that was lasted a lot longer than you wanted it to. And, um, yeah. you know, that's... Uh, that's something that I, you know, I, we, we talk about it all the time, except the people don't talk about it anymore. And you've been taking self-worth for quite a while, so I don't think you've had any little bouts of depressions or pity parties or anything like that, have you? No, I recently have been pretty good. But, and, I, you know, know like, I'm yeah, always aware of it, and, it's, you know, it's, it's a little... Uh, Head is always around the corner if I want to find it, but uh, I don't have to. Yeah, I have other tools as well. But she's certainly keeping my uh, chemistry balanced. It, it, you know, it's all about chemistry. Every thought that we that we have, every movement we make, it's all about chemistry. We're just a big chemical factory, and we have to keep the chemistry balanced, just like a, a battery. 
a car battery that has to have a proper charge and it has to have a certain chemical balance in there. It has to have a certain acid. We have to have a certain pH uh, to make everything work, to make the chemistry factory work. And so, I, you know, I think sulfur is one of those things that helps to keep things balanced. Well, and it's one of the few things that they just and the rest stole from us. Is, and they just came in at night back in 1954. They took all the bears, all the teddy bears, and all the sulfur. That's what mm-hmm. they did. Damn them. Well, now we're just putting the sulfur back. Now, Linus Pauling got up in front of the graduating class of BYU in 1990 and stated, all of our modern diseases are a result of a missing mineral. A missing mineral. He couldn't find sulfur in the literature because the people who publish all the peer-reviewed journals they knew what sulfur was, and they didn't want to tell anybody. It would be bad for business. People would stop buying their antidepressants. People would stop buying their heart meds. People would stop buying their insulin. People would stop buying all that stuff made by man in these deep, dark corners of these wonderful societies of drug making. There's no dancing in a drug place. I just thought I'd tell you that. Right now, they don't dance. Yeah, that's almost, I mean, that's enough to condemn them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They make vaccines and drugs and they don't dance. Now, dead air is not allowed. It's like when the music stops and you're halfway through a step. So mm-hmm. someone gets to say something so I can take a, a breather. Hey, that's the breather. <laughs> <laughs> Being five. <laughs> this is a day without a trace of return. No matter where you turn, and the walls will fall. People realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. 
It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Who is Ray going to teach to dance? 
that's the burning question that we have tonight. Who will they teach? The other burning question is, if you have a doctor who vaccinates or you have a pediatrician who vaccinates, please remind them that there's a group of real nasty characters out there carrying samurai swords who are lopping off the hands of pediatricians who vaccinate and GPs who vaccinate seniors. Lop, 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 lop. Great, great background for a song, lop, 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 lop. And speaking of songs, in Nashville, Tennessee, a really talented group of people is helping us create a song for the top 40. It's called Sulfur and Saffron. <laughs> now, that's as far as we've gotten so far. I mean, I, I can be a, a raging maniac and give words all over the place, but the words have to sound good when you put it to music. And, you know, the music part is something I don't know anything about. If, you know, if I had a left hand, I could drum. I have a left hand, it just doesn't drum. Uh, I can dance with my left foot. Uh, you know, I, could, I can twirl. I, I know how to twirl. So let's get back to Ray, because, you know, if we're going to have our society as fit as we need it, being that the majority of our society is all boomers, the majority of the population of the United States are all boomers. Now, I don't know if that refers to how often they fart or what, but I'm not sure I like the reference. I'm not a boomer. You know, I'm, I'm a male, adult, age 70, 192 pounds, uh, ornery often, uh, but I try not to get too ornery anymore. I don't have to. It's, it's difficult to shoot someone if you're laughing. And those people in uniform, if they realize when they draw a gun on us, they're traitors to the Constitution, we don't have to bury them. We can shoot them. We don't have to bury them. So that's I've got my rant out without irritating everybody. So, Ray, welcome back to the show. And what dance are we going to do now? Oh, let's do a cha-cha. I think that's valuable. Now, is it necessary to stay and hold with a cha-cha all the time? Is it necessary to what? Do you have to stay and hold with a cha-cha all the time? Oh, no. No, you can you can dance in a closed position and uh open position or a not even touching position, you know, where it's more like uh monkey see monkey do. And uh-huh. is such a versatile dance. It was uh came from about nineteen fifty three out of Cuba when the uh musician started messing with some of the rhythms of the rumba. Yeah. And um it, it's amazing how versatile it is, even with, especially with like a lot of the early rock and roll. Yeah. You do a lot of cha-cha to, to almost any rhythm you can turn into a cha-cha. Um, it has that little shuffling step in it. Um, and it's a, it's just a great dance, you know. It's, it's, it's sort of between the rumba and the salsa. And then we have bachata and merengue and all those other Latin dances. But, yeah, it's a... It's a really, really nice dance. And then there's the, the smooth dances of the foxtrot and the waltz, and the tango is also considered a smooth dance, even though it's a lap dance. Yeah. They all move around the floor. They move Do you think Minuet will come back, Ray? Yeah? Do you think the Minuet will come back? The Minuet, no. I think it was the last Minuet. So oh, I 
that took the, took the place of the vignette. Before that, we just touched gloved hands, and then all of a sudden the waltz turned up in Austria way back in the day, and a man had his hand on a woman's waist. Oh, no. It was heard of. It was just, it was like sex on the floor. And oh, my goodness. Found it found its way to England. Queen Victoria loved it, even though it still got a really bad rap. They'd say, don't let your daughters go to places where they do waltzes. She'll just get in trouble because the man will be touching her waist with his hand. Uh, came to Boston, got the same reception, but it became our first ballroom dance here. And then they yeah. slowed it down. It was twice as fast in Austria. Now it's a very pretty mellow dance. And it's one of the easiest dances at a beginning level, but in the higher levels, it's one of the more um, athletic dances. You really have to have a really strong core. You yeah. get really strong doing that dance, and there's a real good cardio workout. But at, in the very beginning, it's one of the easiest dances, so you only have to count to three, not even four. So it's a pretty simple dance. But... Um, but that's one of the things, one of the dances that started the whole uh, Dancing Together revolution there. And then the Foxtrot showed up, and then we had Swing, and of course, from the Latin countries, the Rumba. But the rumba yeah, and we got a bunch of boomers out of that. <laughs> yeah, the Rumba uh, was put together by the ballrooms up here in, in Cuba. It was just a rhythm. It was like uh, you know, like rock and roll. You just get out there and boogie because it's rhythm. And yeah. then the ballroom, you know, uh, Fred Astaire and Arthur Murray took it and they put some patterns to it because uh, they could make money doing that. No. As they did with a lot of other dances. Uh, but it's a beautiful dance. It's the Latin dance of love. It's one of those easy dances. So if you get to go to a rumba class. Hey, Ray, hang on. Ray, this is a children's program. I don't know that you can use the word love. <laughs> well, you can't use the word love. That, that's a four-letter word. Yeah, actually, Frank just told me it's okay. You can use it. <laughs> you know, the uh, uh, have you ever danced to the song "What the World Needs Now Is Love, Sweet Love"? That's a waltz. Mm. And you know, and it's it really is. It's it's one of those songs that pretty sums up everything. Every con, you know, every conflict in the world is because some people just can't love each other. Right. You know, you know what I was thinking. The main reason I wanted you on the show is, you know, we can teach people how to love by dancing with each other. Now we can also get a little healthier by adding sulfur to their diet. But I think the dance, if they just would try the dancing, they may find that it works. And, you know, the uh, I am just so pleased that the number of people who have gone dancing on my recommendation, I've said, look, you don't want to go to the gym, you don't want to expose your ugly body to all these people, so go dancing and you can cover your ugly body up and enjoy yourself. You can do all of the dances, you can pick one. I know exactly. there's eight or ten different dances that are partner dances. Or you can go off and do uh, contra dance and square dance and country yeah. dance and uh, 
uh, uh, Scottish dance. There's hundreds of dances out there. Uh, they're all yeah, but, but uh, of course, the style ballroom makes it easier to dance. Organic sulfur makes it easier to dance because it lifts uh, and increases uh, static surface. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You guys, now look, you guys don't even know each other and you're talking over each other. So, Richard, finish your comment and then we'll let Ray talk. Well, organic sulfur uh, increases your ability uh, to dance because it uh, relieves depression and opens up the lymphatic circulation, which is exactly what dancing does. So it's a, they work together. It's uh, symbiotic. Well, Ray and I were thinking that we should probably open up uh, traveling dance floors. You drive over the truck, absolutely. dance floor up, and you've know, got, you got 500 square feet of dance floor. Um and we want to go out on the dance floor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, Ray, how, how would now how would you respond to that audacious comment that Richard made? Uh, I think it's good. You know, I mean, sulfur's going to help us uh, have more energy, and I think getting out there with a traveling dance floor would be great. You could just find the uh, main square of any city, uh, roll out the floor, put up some speakers, have at it. Have at it. Yeah. Always and, uh, after the Donald is elected, uh, we will have uh, a dance, nationwide dance, where all of the Joint Chiefs of Staff will resign because there won't be any more wars, so they can't get any more gold stars. And uh, and those people who are going around saying black matters, well, of course it matters. It's your blackness. It's always mattered to us. We don't dislike you. Why do you dislike yourselves? I don't dislike anybody. But someone who dislikes themselves needs some work. And the sulfur works. It actually makes people who hate themselves like themselves. Now, that's dangerous. You know, I mean, we could put all the psychiatrists out of work, which may not be a bad idea. Bruce Levine wrote a book about psychiatry. If you have any questions about psychiatry, I would read Bruce Levine's book on psychiatry. It's sponsored by the Scientologists. But, you know, just because they're Scientologists doesn't make them bad. As a Scientologist, Patrick, I know you're a Scientologist. Uh, give us the formula for making a picture, a picture full of uh, organic sulfur for people who are going to go out on the dance floor. I introduced yeah. Elks a year or two ago, and everyone danced like rolling dervishes. Well, that's because they're Elks. I mean, you know, you should have gone and found people. You, know, you can't trust those Elks with spinning der- rolling dervishes with those horns. You must be out of your mind, Richard. Yeah, but what's, <laughs> what's the recipe? That's what I want you to tell people. Oh, okay. okay. Thank yeah. you, Richard. Thank you very, very much. A lot of people, you know... I, Here's Margot's bridge parts. You take one quart of water. Hot tap water works just fine. You don't need specially machines. You don't need Frank's distiller. Hot tap water works just fine. You put in two tablespoons of organic sulfur. Being that Ray is from Vermont, you take one teaspoon of pure maple syrup from Vermont, not New York, from Vermont, 
And you also add one teaspoon of reconstituted lime juice that's called real lime you can buy in any grocery store. And you can offer it to anybody. You can offer it to somebody with the most sour expressions. And if you watch for about 20 minutes, that sour expression changes. 20 minutes. It should be taken to nursing homes, too, by the way. Well, we'd be going to go to visit. Uh, I think right now there's probably uh, 35 nursing homes that are being introduced to organic sulfur because the loved ones are not there. So who are they introducing it to? The nursing staff. Now, the, another point, because it's very apropos. We have these people that help you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to help you. Well, we need a big picture of that and have them drink it first, and then they'll go away. Hey, in, in Milwaukee, there's an oncology unit that has nine nurses on the oncology unit. They cover the dying people, and the nurses are all taking sulfur, and no one on the oncology unit has had the guts to die. The nurses are taking the sulfur. They can't give it to the patients. They can take That's it. That's right. You know, and we have a whole bunch of doctors, you know, who don't want to get shot or murdered so they can stay just below the horizon. They're offering organic sulfur to their patients, and they have been doing it for years. Well, that's bad for business. Well, they're real doctors. They don't care. You know, they don't need a new Jaguar. They don't need a new Mercedes. What they need are patients that are alive and come back to see them and share their family stories with them so they can reach out into the community. We're not just uh, on an island. You can't dance alone and have as much fun as you can dance with someone else. No man, no woman is an island. And no man or no woman in the sound of my voice or anywhere on the planet is capable of producing enough sulfur in their diet to address whatever ails them. This is one of those, yeah, we got a supplement. No, it's it's a food. It's not a supplement. If you don't have any sulfur, it's not a supplement. I hate it when that dead air comes up after I make those amazing statements. All right, so um, should we buy into Arthur Murray's dance studios? Ray, do you think? Yep. Um, well, you know, Arthur Murray's good, and they, they do a they do a lot of good stuff. They draw a lot of people in. They are a business. So well, I'd go to some of the uh, smaller studios if I were you. Yeah, uh, well, I agree with that, but the, uh, your uh, website is .biz, isn't it? It's what? .biz. It's .biz, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, well, I mean, well, so there's nothing wrong with business. The only thing that's wrong is when no. we're in to do something we didn't want to do. Let's let's ask Southern Vermont, and then Arthur Murray tried to sue me because they said they owned Let's Dance. So I changed. Oh really? The show. We never sued for Got yeah. Sulfur by the Got Milk folks. <laughs> so, so you know there are, there are a lot of independent studios out there that are really good, and they won't try to sell you um, a whole. A carload of lessons, right? So, uh, or, 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 or a year's worth of chiropractic and dance. Yeah, 
Okay, now I, I want everyone to sit down, and if anyone has a gun on the table, put it under the cushion in your chair. Because I'm, I'm going to take you to a little trip down uh, memory lane from about a week ago when I was talking to a fellow named Dan. That's adequate. His name is Dan. And during our conversation, Dan said, excuse me, this is my wife on the phone. Would you hold? And I said, of course I'll hold. A four-minute holds a long time. I made three uh, underwater baskets. I mowed the lawn. I cut down a couple of trees. And then he came back on the line, and he was really, really pissed off. The reason he was pissed off, his wife had just told him, and just I mean, she was hysterical. She said, the doctors won't perform the second heart surgery for our little girl who had her first heart surgery the first day she was born if we don't fully vaccinate her. Well, if this clown's order of organic sulfur for me, he's got an idea, but I don't think vaccinations are very clever. And so I asked, well, can I get the doctor's name and his phone number? He says, oh, no need. I'm going to have an appointment with him on Monday. At that appointment, I will make sure I take my father's 44 Magnum. If you're going to screw with our kids or our health or our loved ones, don't be surprised if a guy named Dan comes in with a 44 and blows your head off. Don't be surprised if a mother of an autistic child cuts your testicles off. Don't be surprised if the samurai warriors cut your hands off. Because they won't be false flags. They'll be the real deal. Vaccinate on my watch and it may cost you your life. And if you don't like that, I'll meet you out back of the barn. I'm 70 years old, 192 pounds, and you can bring any weapon you want. This crap ends now. It ends on my watch. Doctors who can harm children are pedophiles. We hang pedophiles and use it. We don't even have a court. We just hang them. We don't hear about it in the news because it's bad press for the ski resorts. But now is time that the doctors need to pay the piper. And the Pied Piper took all the kids away. Let's get the kids back. There's 7 million children who are autistic in the world who can't ride the 9 million bicycles in Beijing. Now, what kind of doctor is that? What kind of a scientist is that? What kind of a virologist is that? Well, in, in our book, a dead one. So, you know, before you inject that child with a needle, make sure there's not a Yakuza or a Cherokee or, you know, the Irish League standing behind you with a sword. Or a mother of an autistic child who's already slipped the seam down in your pants and has your testicles in her hand. When we fight back after you killed 90 of our doctors, that's 90,000 of your shills. The blood will be up to the bridles. Or you can change your evil ways and cease vaccinating of any kind. Now, again, I've, I've taken this time to vent, and I hope everyone understands why. Did I lose everybody? I mean, someone can at least tell a funny story. We're paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you're not breathing hard, I think you've hung up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is, 
Where is it that we can, uh, does the state, uh, Adam, you're from another place. Does the state own our children? At this point, unless we teach them to dance. Ah, Ray, did you see how clever that was? Did you have to see how this Antarian brought us back on point with just one, one phrase? What a vast... Yeah, uh, you know, John said that we miss the point because we don't ask you any questions. Uh, I think we ask you a lot of questions, and I always love your answers. <laughs> you know, and, and you know so much that you don't even know how much you know. <laughs> But, but if they want to know more, they go to, is it now Sunsink Nutrition, or what is it? Watch who's the on Antares? Is that it? Is it .com? Solartiming.com, and our subscription site is SunsinkNutrition.com. And, and on this site, you can pay a one-time fee and be assured of at least 20,000 virgins when you go into Valhalla. <laughs> Color recycling and all kinds of things. On our solar timing, you will find a, Ma a Maori dance, by the way, when they stick out their tongue for their health. Well, uh, <laughs> I just had a little stick out your tongue, uh, you know, thing with some great grandchildren. <laughs> you know, and and they and they wondered, well, why'd you do that? And I said, because Adam said so. It was. It will stop a heart attack in progress. Well, what's wrong with that? I mean, it'll, yeah, it'll, it's good. Yeah, and of I mean, course, we we train children not to do that healthy gesture, and of course, it leads to trouble later on. Well, you have to smile when you stick your tongue out. Also, we do repress them from dancing too. We're School is designed to line people up in even rows, no rhythm, and just uh, have a bell go off every 50 minutes to distract them so they can't focus. And, of course, all great inventions are done by focus. Look at the people who created the Internet. They sometimes stayed awake for 36 hours working on a project. Those devils. <laughs> I wonder if they had sulfur. That was I know they didn't have sulfur. Um, the but the internet is how we how we actually achieve our desire, and our desire is to have a, a voice. Uh, Lechlewin said worked on the docks in Poland, and he had a voice, and then he became a celebrity, and that voice died. <coughs> we don't want another hero. We don't want another voice. We want people who can stand together and tell the wonderful one percent folks to take a hike, go to Jamaica where voodoo is practiced regularly and we'll be able to buy your shrunken heads, a Hillary shrunken head. Boy, I'd like to be at that auction. Mm -hmm. You know, the, uh, those people who think they're in control forget who, the people who do the work. You know, it's, it's, it's the little guys, it's the unwashed peasants of County Meadow that do the work. The 1% just tells us what to do. And, you know, when, when they realize the math and we tell them what to do, I think they'd best listen. Because, you know, one of the things that's going to happen is if, if the sale of Roundup is down 34% nationwide, thank you, Stephanie Sanders, then what's Monsanto going to do? Because that's how they finance their skullduggery is the sale of Roundup. Ooh. You know. 
Well, it's like the people who make vaccines, and they always vaccines. If we say no, now what are they going to do? You know, what are they going to do? Oh my, what are we going to do? But that's that's our voice. We can say that. Now, I think the music is going to come up in a minute because I looked at the little caucuses, 829, in Utah. And, you know, but when we come back, uh, we will have uh, about 22 and a half minutes that we can solve all the problems in the world and play back in. See you in five event. No, the music hasn't started yet. Has the music started? Frank, has the music started? More water. Think about the water. Five. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies 
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
we had to shave all of its hair off because the little devil likes to fight. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, that he, 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 he has been neutered, but he's still going out and starting fights, and he's about four pounds, no fur, except on his tail and his head. You know, he comes in with his gash the size of a quarter on his neck. <laughs> Gee, come on. Oh. You know, it's, was, that uh, from a vac- was that from a vaccine? No, no, no. What they said she was vaccinated. I said no. The cat's feral. The cat doesn't want to be oh. vaccinated. No. We, you know, we gave the cat, the feral cat, the piece of paper. Do you want to be vaccinated? The cat says no. That's right. And being the cat's cat in charge, him, we listened. Cat gave him the paw. Yeah, it was just, it was the paw. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, if if cats were left in the tombs of the pharaohs to keep the evil spirits away, what did they put in the tombs of the cats? You haven't thought of that, had you? By the way, did you know who our guest is tonight? Our guest teaches dance in Vermont. Your guest from Vermont with whom? Anybody who will dance with him. His name is Ray Warren. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't. I don't know if you, I, do, do you have animals, Ray, or do you just dance? Just from five minutes. I have. I have a cat. He and he owns himself. <laughs> he, he neutered himself. What did you say? That he owns himself. Oh, oh yes. I mean, it is, it's an it's an interesting thing, you know. Cats figured us out a long time ago. Hey, these fools will feed us. <laughs> <laughs> but every once in a while, we take them to the vet. That little cat still doesn't like me because of that. <laughs> Who is that in the background? We hear voices that we do not recognize. Yes, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, evidently, somebody didn't want to so the uh, uh, Jeffrey, the um, I know that you're not political because you're in New York, and uh, but does Donald have a pet? They know I'm doing a radio show. Pardon? Nothing. It's just people in the background making noise. Oh, okay. okay. But so, I mean, do you know if Donald the Donald has a pet? He'll have he, to. He does have Presidents aren't allowed to have cats. But they often have, you know. So we could we could get the ear of the president through through Jeffrey. We just have to tell the president's staff that you know we have this famous veterinary scientific food maker dude in New York on Wall Street. That's fair, isn't it? Oh, and, and where he makes he makes food for cats too. He doesn't discriminate. Same food. Same food. Same food. The only yeah, one in the country. The mm-hmm. same food to dogs and same food to cats. It's the only one in the country. Oh, I was supposed to ask you. A friend of mine just inherited a Chinese something or other dog that's named McGregor. And the, and the and this dog loves. It's not the dogs you hear in the background. This dog loves spam. Is spam food for dogs? I would say spam would be okay for dogs. 
All right. I'll, I'll tell you I'll I'll wrong. Wrong. wrong with spam for darts. Now, the interesting thing is he will have a 50-year veteran traveling vet visit the house to check the dog out. Can you believe that? A vet that makes house calls? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Jeffrey, of course. You know, I've met a lot of people that make house calls. I used to make house calls when I was a young doctor. Well, and this guy's been at it 50 years, which is close to I mean, you know, I know you've been at it for 15? 92 years. 15? How many? 1, 5, 5, 15. 50. You mean you've been a vet for 15 years? Nah. No, I've been a vet for 47 years. Aha. Not 15. See? Exactly. I don't know where the 15 came up. That's, that's not even a good dice roll. Oh. No, I thought you said I, I, it's really hard for me to hear here. Oh, um, uh, well, I'm in a place, um, place for the people are drunk. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. If they knew about sulfur, they wouldn't have a hangover. Let me let you go, and you know, we we put in a plug for your food because the dogs deserve it. And you go back and have a good time, and don't drink too much. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm done. A deal. I'm done. All I right. Have one, I have one. I have one glass of wine with dinner. That's it. That's all I have. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you, thank you for calling. Jeffrey Broderick in New York, the vet to the stars. Thank you for calling. Thank you, sir. All right, ciao. Now, Ray, so you didn't, you know, you didn't that know. That was that a good was a... pun. Who? That was, a, was that a pun, doggy chow? <laughs> doggy chow. I didn't hear that. Doggy. Now, who snuffed it in? Who snuffed it? Come on. Come on, raise your hand. Who did it? <laughs> Uh, the, um, it's Patrick. Yes. Thank uh, you. I, I just wanted to thank you for having me on here. Since I'm in East Coast time, and i got to get up and stack wood in the morning and then go salsa dancing, I might have to sign off instead of staying until midnight. But oh, okay. Well, no, actually, we're going to be done in about 12 minutes. But, you know, the thing, the thing that's oh. interesting, and, and I did it about an hour before the show, but if John were on and I hadn't done it, John would say, well, Patrick, did you take your sulfur? And I'd have to go take my sulfur and then come back. You know, so if it's fast yeah, dancing I, time and you're a little, little, just a little, maybe just have another teaspoon of sulfur, hey. Okay. Yeah, and you may find that you will have I'll a return of energy explain. because the water you drink is the oxygen that allows your body to move, not only to regenerate. The air you breathe in is the fire, but the regenerative is, you know, what you put in your mouth. And anybody who sticks you a needle, you know, a needle in you is a pedophile, even if you're 90. Now, now I've spouted, Spirit yeah. or Adam or Ray, or, you know, I'll shut up. I'll sh- I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Um, yeah, but when I when I do that, then you guys don't say anything, and then I feel like it's dead air. And do you know how much money char- Frank charges per second? <laughs> it's highway robbery, and I enjoy every penny. You know, the, I do this show, and we do this show, because there are people out there who are sick and tired of being sick and tired, and there's something they can do about it. They can actually take their health by the reins 
and you know, and and and, and change things. And you know, the the song, and I I don't think Frank likes to play that song. Um, World War Three has been officially canceled. If you have someone in the military who's expecting to get a whole lot of money for the next war, tell them that, gee, you know, they maybe should just drop out and get a real job and be concerned about people instead of learning how to kill them. And if enough of us don't want to participate in the war, then those people who run the place will have to fight their own wars. The most powerful word in any language is the word no. And when we all say no to the 1%, the Doug and Nell, um, the, the Ted Cruz's, uh, the Hillary Clinton's, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the super-duper dude from Saudi Arabia, um, the, 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 you know, the, the head of the North Korean non-basketball team, um, you know, everybody thought that that Rodman thing was a joke. No, Rodman really is an alien. <laughs> he really was sent over there to try to bring peace to the area. And guess what? They haven't killed each other, have they? No, that must be working. Rodman's okay. Don't 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 talk down about the Rodman. You know, the Rodman could probably be a good vice president candidate with the Donald. God, would that be amazing? <laughs> we don't need comedy writers. We got them. <clears throat> <laughs> so, um, you know, the the Fourth of July is coming uh, uh, coming up quickly, and I really think that we'll have this sulfur and saffron song done by then, and hopefully you'll be able to hear it on every top forty radio station because the people who are doing it are good enough. You can dance to it. Exactly. Yeah, you know it's. Uh, and 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 if it's and if it's a, a a dance of love, then sometimes you know you can actually look into your mate's eyes and see the entire universe spinning in the You know that's what that's what eye contact does. Those children who are no longer autistic, by the way, being autistic is not allowed in the study. And those children who were autistic came back with eye contact. Mom has to take the sulfur too. The seniors don't have to do that. They come back on their own. Remarkable group. And, you know, so all of these horrible, horrible diseases that men who want to make money are developing go away if you add sulfur into your diet. I don't care what kind of a disease you've got. It is an interesting phenomenon that you can give the mother sulfur and then the child gets healed. Scientists don't have a real good explanation for that. Well, they don't have a real good explanation about our biology. They just try to mimic it. They want to synthetic it. People oh. think once once they've come out of the womb that they're disconnected from their parents. They may be in for a surprise one day. Well, um, I, you know, if, if God taps you on the shoulder and it's time to go, the surprise just happens. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe, but if you believe there's not some dude or dudette who's in charge, then you are naive. All you have to do is look in the mirror, look in the mirror, look deep into your own eyes. Wow, 
Who made that ugly thing? <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't some chemist in Ohio. You know, it wasn't some chemist at Merck in New Jersey. By the way, anybody who owns Merck stock is about to get really hurt. Organic sulfur replaces all of the drugs of pharma. If we had a drum roll, we have a drum roll. Replaces all of the drugs of pharma without any adverse side effects. I tell everybody, we've tried to kill everyone. And it's not a joke. If the, if the people who write the journals aren't going to, you know, give it a go and try to go off, they're good at that. You know, so we've had to do it. So we try to kill everyone. And we failed every time. And the diseases they marched up to the plate with aren't of concern anymore. Now, that's very interesting. Gee, what happened to all those nasty diseases? I didn't do anything. They did. Those people who call us on the phone. You know, I, I didn't I didn't start this little program out to make money, but I'm sorry. I paid more in income tax last year than I've made in fifty five years of working my tail off. <clears throat> you know, it's 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 if you wanna work for the man, that's your business. You can work for yourself. You know, you, you, you've got a mind, you, you realize that there's wants and needs in the universe, and when we address those wants and needs in the universe, boy, the results are quite remarkable. You know, the, the Swami I studied with said, God don't work for nobody, and neither should you. Yeah, it's true. He said, uh, the businessman doesn't punch the clock, he punches the customer. Oh, how rude. How rude, Adam. They do that on Antares, too? And he also said they don't watch the clock. They watch the door. <laughs> um, that's, uh, you know, I, I was in the car business for a long time. And the owner's office in every dealership saw the door. They could see the front door. They weren't up front, but they could see the front door. And in, in the Pontiac dealership, we actually had a counter that counted the people who came through the front door. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you know, it's um, working. If, if if you're working for yourself and you happen to be servicing someone else in doing so, you're no longer working for them. You're working for yourself, and it's so much more rewarding to do something because you want to do it because you do it well. Not because they may pay you better. You know, pride. What happened to pride, Adam? I mean, you know, don't they have pride on Antares? Sure, certainly. Pride goes before a fall, but that's okay. Well, how about I'm always honor? Get up again. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, how about honor? That's good. Someone, someone, someone's calling me on the phone. I won't be able I'll have to call them back. Because, I mean, we're coming to the end of the show. This is when that most valuable happens. We we thank everybody for being on the show. Ray, thank you very, very much for being on the show. And we'll have you back on the show. Um, Ray's going to start invading all these so dance much. contests. I really with appreciate Marcus. it. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. And Richard, as usual, thank you.
And Adam, thank you. And uh, Frank, thank you. And Jeff from New York, from Wall Street, thank you. And, you know, everybody out there who should be listening, uh, living is so much more fun than dying. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. the American Voice Broadcast. I'm your host, Francis Stephan, and you are listening on Christian Media Network. Christian Media Network is heard 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on the Internet. Go to ChristianMediaNetwork.com. You can also log on to the streams, at least uh, A16 and B, at TheAmericanVoice.com. If you want AAU, just go to ChristianMediaNetwork.com. Anyways, uh, we're being broadcast on shortwave, international shortwave, on 15.725 at 1 p.m. Pacific time, which is what time it is right now. If it is June 11th, then it's what? Would that make it Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday, June 11th, 2003. If it is that date and that time where you are, then we are, in fact, live, 106 in the afternoon here on the Pacific Time Coast, that would make it, what, uh, 4.06 on the East Coast. show is rebroadcast in the evening time at 8 p.m., okay? Those of you uh, regular listeners, there has been a uh, a time change and, a, and days, too, 
Uh, anyway, we'll get to the days and the change in a bit. Let me continue on with 8 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, that's 11 p.m. Eastern. The show is rebroadcast. So if it's June 11th and it's, uh, you know, 8 p.m. on the Pacific Coast or 11 p.m. over on the East Coast, we're not live. So, uh, you know, you still feel free to email me. Uh, just don't expect a response on the air because I do accept emails during the show. I treat them just like call-ins. Okay, read the comments on the air. You can email me at info at theamericanvoice.com. That's info at theamericanvoice.com. At 8 p.m. Pacific time, the rebroadcast is on Studio A, meaning Stream A. See, there's Studio A and Studio B, and then there's Stream A and Stream B. And most of the time, Stream A is Studio A, and Stream B is Studio B, unless somebody decides to run a Studio A on Stream B. But anyways, let's just stick to the streams. We are on Stream B in the afternoon. We are on Stream A in the evening. The rebroadcast in the evening is on Stream A. The uh, live show is on Stream B. Okay, don't, don't ask me the theory behind that. I sure would like to be on Stream A. I used to be on Stream B, but then, you know... Things happen, you say the wrong thing, this wrong guy at the wrong time, and boom, next thing you know, kick to the curb over to Studio B. Anyway, phew, at least I'm not on stream. Oh, there is no stream C. Anyway, at nighttime, we are also on shortwave, uh, 9.330, that's WBCQ out of Monticello, Maine. Again, that's 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern Time on WBCQ 9.330. That's a uh, shortwave, and it's actually compatible sideband, which means you can pick it up on sideband if you have the BPO switch on your uh, on your shortwave radio. You'd probably be better off doing that uh, on the BCQ 9.330 uh, frequency because from what I've been told, they boosted the power on the sideband side, take it away from the uh, shortwave because there's a high-powered international shortwave from a foreign country you know, pumping out like half a million watts and just stomping all over the 50,000-watt station at BCQ. There's nothing they can do about it except go to sideband, and that, uh, from what I've heard, cuts down on the interference, and you can get a pretty decent signal. If you can go to sideband, definitely give it a try. It takes a little more patience to tune in, but it may be well worth it. In the afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, I don't know if I mentioned this, 15.725, it's WRMI out of Miami, Florida. That's where we are broadcast on International Shortwave. Anyway, I did tell you, you can email me during the show or at any time, really, anytime you want to email me with news, stories, comments, uh, you know, fan mail, hate mail, whatever you'd like, uh, questions. The email is info, I-N-F-O, info at theamericanvoice.com. That's theamericanvoice.com. It's the same address for our website, www.theamericanvoice.com. You can go there. All our contact information is available there. We've got it on a separate link where you click the link. Another window pops up with a very plain black and white, simple contact information stuff, uh, you know, mailing locations, uh, numbers, all that stuff. Uh, kept it simple, no colors, none of that, so you can easily print it out if you want. That way you'll have it. It's right there all the time. Uh, one thing I'm going to add as soon as we figure out what, you know, if things are going to stay 
stable the way they are with the call-in number, which I'll give that to you now, because you can call in if you'd like into the show. Uh, be live on the radio with me here. Just remember, you're going to get replayed, so what you're saying never goes away. <laughs> 541-899-1177 is the call-in number if you want to be a radio star. Feel free, call in. Keep me some company here so I don't just have to keep talking in this microphone by myself here. Uh, 541-899-1177. Hey, be feel, feel free to call in about radio checks or Internet checks or any other kind of reason you want to call in. Don't worry about if we're not talking about what you want to talk about. Just break right in and say what you want to say, and we'll uh, we'll deal with it. You can go to our, like I said, our website. We've got a bulletin board there. Uh, if you want to read hate mail, uh, you can go there because just like always, it seems like you put a bulletin board on your uh, on your site, and people want to use it to attack you. And uh, that's fine. I do address the attacks. You know, I just don't go there that often. Some days, you know, sometimes I'll go there two, three days in a row, and then I won't, I won't go back for a week or two, or maybe even longer sometimes, depending on what's going on. But when I do get back to it, I do address the, uh, the criticism and the hate mail and all that other stuff. One thing I really like is people go to the American Voice bulletin board in order to attack James Lloyd and Christian media. Uh, you know, I guess that's because you know Christian media took their board off because of this very same thing and uh you know people go to this other board that is advertised on other people's sites detractors for christian media uh you know one thing about detractors there's always always i was just reading something earlier which we're going to touch on that a little bit because it does have in a small scale have something to do with what i was thinking about talking about which is the lack of weapons of mass destruction, because that seems to be kind of a hot subject, and as it should be. Uh, you know, it was supposedly the justification to mobilize, uh, you know, an army and go attack a country. Uh, you know, so, yeah, seeing as how that turns out to be a lie, that's a big deal. You know, and, and it's really not that big of a deal in this country, because as much as the squawking over the liberal media that I've heard, and I still read it. I still read it out of guys like Rush Limbaugh and his followers that, you know, there's this, this they're trying to pass on this, this liberal media bias. Folks, the media, if there's a liberal in the White House, there's a liberal bias. If there's a Republican conservative Nazi in the White House, then that's what kind of slant the media has because they're nothing but hoes, okay? They go with whoever's in charge because they want to keep their jobs. They want to stay at the fancy dinners. They want to keep getting the invitations to the dinner parties of the A group. And the A group is the group that's in power. And that's what the press has become in this country. So, yeah, liberal bias, you bet. When there's a liberal, conservative bias, yeah, when there's a conservative, whatever's going on, that's where the press is at. Ridiculous. But anyway... Weapons of mass destruction. I was reading a uh, interview in the uh, one of the British papers with uh, Hans Blix, the uh, Swedish weapons inspector from the UN, who uh, I guess he's going to retire in about 20 days or so and go back to his his life. And uh, he has some unkind words about Washington and the Pentagon, and uh, you know the Iraqis also. It was uh, not not you can imagine not a real good job. But the thing is. You're always going to have detractors, no matter what you try to do, if you try to do anything, all right? 
to say every criticism is wrong because it's a criticism. I mean, if I was going to say that, gosh, I'd be a Republican, wouldn't I? <laughs> or a Democrat, depending on who's in the White House. The thing is, you know, there is always some, not always, and not every criticism. But a lot of the times, you know, there is a lot of truth in some of the biggest lies out there. Because if it was just all fabricated lies, you would think the danger of being caught and exposed as a liar would be greater. So they mix it in with the truth, and that way it covers up all those lies. You know, oh, well, this is true, and this is true, and this is true, and this is true, and this... Wait a minute, wait a minute, that wasn't true. But a lot of times you skip over it, okay? And you don't check out every element. You know, and that's one of the... Uh, premises of the law. One of the premises of prosecuting a crime, a criminal action against somebody, or any action against somebody, when you read about the burden of proof, the burden of proof is to prove every element. You can't just say, well, we got this and we got that, and then we're going to jump all the way over here and to say, because we got this and that, he did this. Well, I'm sorry, you have to first prove you've got this, you have to prove that, you have to prove this, and then you have to prove that he did it. The rest is circumstantial. Yeah, the circumstances sure make it look like you did, but look like you did and prove you did are two different things. And yet, do you have to hold their feet to the fire to get that? Sure you do. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. Everything is against you in court when you try to do that. Everything is against you in court when you try to do that. And a lot of lower courts will just steamroll you right on out of there. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you file. It doesn't matter what the truth is. It doesn't matter what the law is. They will just steamroll right through you because they know. They are playing the odds that most people will not appeal. And most people do not appeal. And they steamroll you through, they come up with a conviction, and there you are. And if for the most part, you know, unless you've really damaged somebody or done something that they're really hot on, you know, jail is like, unless they, they need prisoners for their work programs, you know, they're going to put you on probation, and they're going to charge you fines, and they're going to get money out of you, and you're just going to be a cash register, you know, a, a revenue-generating resource for the state. And that's really what it's all about. So, uh, you know, and then you can appeal or not. Most people don't. Most of it is a fine. Most of it is re revenue generating. Okay? Another thing that they've been, they've been, you know, went through their phase on is the, uh, you know, uh, what is it, click it or, you know, click it or you're screwed program or something. It's where, you know, the, uh, you know, cops are just going to start, writing tickets for no seatbelt. Just just going to go crazy writing tickets for no seatbelt. And and they say, well, you know, cops write tickets for seatbelts because seatbelts save lives. Well, you see, everybody who gets in an accident who didn't die and had a seatbelt on, they say that's a saved life, which uh, is a bit misleading. You see, the whole... <laughs> The whole, you know, mix in lies with truth. 
You know, I have no doubt. And I have friends who say, no, 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 I won't wear a seatbelt because the thing is, they can ticket me because the thing is, seatbelts kill people. Well, you know what's funny? The thing is, both those statements are true. Seatbelts, I have no doubt, have saved lives. And I have also no doubt that seatbelts have been the cause of people losing their lives. Uh, okay. Well, gee, how can they both be true? Well, they both are true. Thing is, how are they presented? Are they presented in reality that, you know, both have happened? No. No, no. You're going to die in a car if it gets in a wreck and you don't have a seatbelt on, is what it said. And it's all baloney anyway. Figures don't lie. Liars can figure. They'll make up anything they want. Truth in advertising only applies to you. It doesn't apply to anything the government says. Look at some of the campaigns they have. Look at their anti-drug campaigns. They are so not true that if anybody else tried to pass off advertising like that, they'd be in front of a court defending why this isn't fraud. Just some of the statements they make about it, like the money, the drug money, funds terrorism. Uh, excuse me? How do we tie that together? Is that kind of like how Iraq uh, was supporting al-Qaeda, even though... There's no evidence that says so. Even the CIA says there's real no, there's really no evidence that points to that. It didn't stop the White House from saying it. Even though Arab experts said, you know, that it is unlikely that bin Laden and al-Qaeda would have anything to do with Saddam Hussein because they are so far apart in their religious views that al-Qaeda basically looks at Saddam Hussein as an infidel. Oh, even though all the facts and the evidence point away from what you're saying, you can say it because, what, you're the White House. You can say it because you're the government and you're saying it. You know, same thing on, on television with the anti-smoking ads. You know, truth behind the curtain. Well, I don't want to sound like I'm defending the tobacco companies. Because, yeah, they, they lied to Congress. They, you know, they lied in their reports. They tried to make their products seem, you know, uh, less harmful than it was uh, in those reports. But all the while, okay, let's not forget all the while, they were, you know, filing these reports and putting out these papers that were less than truthful about the dangers and the manipulation of the tobacco in the cigarettes. Still, on every pack of cigarettes throughout this whole time was a warning saying, Smoking cigarettes will give you cancer. Okay, it's pretty much common knowledge that cancer uh, is, is can kill you. Now there's, nowadays, people believe there's a lot of treatments for cancer, but that's just pretty recent. Up until about 10 years ago, man, you said, well, I got cancer. Everybody figured, well, okay, let's start making plans for your funeral. Okay, so any any product that has a warning on it that says, hey, using this product can give you cancer, uh, gee, well, it won't happen to me. Ooh, roll them dice. See, whose fault is that? Go ahead and gamble. You're not supposed to gamble with anything you can't afford to lose, remember? Thing is, these commercials come on there and go, seven out of ten smokers would like to quit but can't. Well, guess what, folks? I smoked cigarettes for over ten years, camel non-filtered cigarettes, when I wasn't rolling my own out of the, uh, you know, either top or bugler. Okay, to save save some money. Uh, I quit. 
Does that mean it was easy? No, it wasn't easy. I tried to quit several times and failed. But then I tried again and again and again until I got it. So I am not one that's going to accept, oh, 7 out of 10 would like to quit, but they can't. No, 7 out of 10 may want to quit, but they won't. They won't do what's necessary to quit. I'll tell you something. There is a double standard in this country that is so apparent, and it just lends itself to the whole hypocrisy that this nation has become on almost every single level. Every single level of this society is riddled with hypocrisy. just happens to be, I'm sure, coincidental that Jesus mentions, Woe unto ye hypocrites. Hmm. And lawyers. Oh, hey, wait a minute. What has this nation become? A nation of hypocrites and lawyers. Uh-oh. I'm sure that doesn't mean the U.S. <laughs> anyway, the thing is, Oh, now I lost my train of thought. You see, I shouldn't think of other things when I'm when I'm trying to make a point. The point was a double standard and hypocrisy. And I was talking about, let's see, let's review. I was talking about the smoking and the 7 out of 10. Oh, yeah, here it is. If you go down to your local bar or sit in your house or whatever and you know, just start pounding down liquor. Okay, so you start pounding down liquor and you get good and drunk and you don't really know what you're doing and, you know, you don't remember. You know, you're just, you're just slammed, right? So you, you go and rob a convenience store because you don't know what you're doing. And you go do that and you go, okay, and you go home and you sleep it off. And next morning they're there to arrest you because, you know, they caught you and they come and arrest you. Hey, guess what is not going to be your defense? Guess what kind of defense you are not going to have any success with? The defense saying, well, gee, you know, I'm an alcoholic, and I was drunk, and I didn't know what I was doing, and, and by golly, I don't even remember what I did. Hey, guess what? That's a defense that is not going to work. And don't think people haven't tried. Oh, don't think people haven't tried that defense. The answer to that defense is, you made the choice to drink. Again, that same, I wouldn't want to say defense, but claim, uh, a lot of people have gone to Social Security. Okay? Everybody out there is pretty much aware that alcoholism is considered a disease. Okay? A lot of people have gone to Social Security, and, and there was a time when they were allowing it, but they stopped allowing it. Best as I know, they've stopped allowing it. Guys would go down there and say, oh boy, you know, I'm an alcoholic, I need to sign up for SSI, and uh, you need to give me a check every month because I got this disease, and it's, uh, as you know, everybody says, it's incurable, uh, you can maybe manage it, but you can never cure it, and uh, so there you go, and blah, 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 I need some money. Well, denied. You know why? Because, see, this is a disease that you, you chose. And, of course, now that's in dispute. Of course, it is tough to say. You know, now you go to AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, and you stay there for a while, and, and you, you're not careful to stay in reality. They will have you believing that, well, you can be an alcoholic even though you've never had a drink in your life. <laughs> 
okay? They 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 got a good line to uh, get you going that way. You know, so those of you people out there that want to be alcoholics but just really don't want to drink, there's hope for you, okay? Because you can be an alcoholic without actually ever having a drink, you know, according to uh, AA. <laughs> man, oh, man. But anyways, it doesn't wash because, you know, they say, no, you caused it, you can't do it. So now... We take that. Where's the hypocrisy? Where's the double standard? Haven't I taken long enough to get around to it? Of course I have, but here it is. Now, people go ahead and they smoke, and they die of lung cancer, and they sue the tobacco companies and say, well, you know, uh, golly, I, uh, I couldn't stop. I didn't know it killed me, and you're responsible. You've got to you know, pay me billions. But wait a minute now. If you won't even cut an alcoholic... Four or five hundred dollar check every month because he's an alcoholic. Why are you? Why are you paying these people billions of dollars because they died from smoking cigarettes? Man, it says right on it that's what's going to happen to you. Lung cancer. Lung cancer is one of those things generally you die from. You know what? Oh, okay. You know if you're one of those few people that are like a hundred years old and started smoking before the warning was put on the pack of cigarettes, well, okay, maybe that, maybe you do have a case. Maybe you do have a case. But you know what? Every single smoker's case that happened, everybody who started smoking after those warnings were put on those labels has no claim as far as I'm concerned. You know, and, and I hate to sound callous to the families that lose people from lung cancer because they were smokers. It, it's sad. But you can't blame anybody but the smoker. And you can't tell me. I mean, I'm even given the benefit that, look, okay, if you started and became addicted, uh, you know, before the warning, maybe you do have a claim. Even though once they put the warning on you, she said, oh, man, I don't want that. Let me quit. Because you can quit. I didn't, you know, and they've got all kinds of you know, help out there to quit these these patches and everything else. Now, I didn't use any of those. I didn't have any of those. There, there wasn't any of that stuff. Okay, you either just quit or you didn't. You know, they had some some you know expensive crazy stuff to try, but I I didn't I didn't do any of that. I mean, I I just quit the way I could quit. So you can do it. Doesn't kill you. It's not pleasant, but hey, you know, it's, you got to make a decision. Look. Um, do I, do I actually want to live those extra 20 years or not? Hey, you know, it's up to you, but apparently not. And that, there's the double standard. You know, don't, am I the only one that sees that double standard, maybe? You know, if, if you can blame the tobacco companies because you, you didn't read the label that said these will kill you when you started, then why, why can't every homeless alcoholic out there be getting a check from Social Security because they're alcoholics. Because that's, that's the liquor company's fault or the beer company, Anheuser-Busch, somebody's fault, isn't it? Because it couldn't be their fault. Anyways, anyways, weapons of mass destruction. Ah, oh, man, it looks like we're going to take a break here. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the weapons of mass destruction, the lack of weapons of mass destruction actually and uh i'll even read some of the uh republican tripe about how 
insignificant the lack of weapons of mass destruction are. Anyway, stay tuned. We'll be back in a few minutes. Have you heard about the American Voice newspaper? It's an alternative monthly with recent issues covering chemtrails, UN troops on American soil, the Norfed scam, and our monopoly money system. We've done exposés on district attorney corruption and police abuse of powers. A yearly subscription to The Voice is only $25. That's $25 for 12 issues and outstanding value. We're underground, so we only accept cash or money orders with the pay-to-line blank. To subscribe, send $25 to The American Voice, care of 6500 Shadow Glen, Eagle Point, Oregon, 97524. That's $25 to The American Voice. Again, 97524. Subscribe now and we'll throw in a music CD with your paid subscription. The American Voice newspaper, only if you want the truth. The seventh head is now in power at the United Nations. The eighth head of the beast is the Antichrist. Seven Kings Have Come, a new two-hour tape set by James Lloyd, demonstrates the scripture's prophetic warnings of the sequential kingdoms and that the current kingdom, America, is about to receive a deadly wound. Seven Kings Have Come is a first-rate summary of prophetic knowledge the Lord wants his remnant church to know, therefore, and understand. The two-hour tape set, Seven Kings Have Come, is 1795 from Christian Media, Jacksonville, Oregon, 97530. Again, the two-hour tape set, Seven Kings Have Come, is 1795 from Christian Media Network, Jacksonville, Oregon, 97530. Who is like unto the beast? This new two-hour tape set is based on the emergence of the beast after the healing of the deadly wound. James Lloyd elaborates on the emotional and psychological mindset that will cause the entire world to wonder after the beast empire is resurrected from the terrible military strike that is about to occur. Utilizing the book of Revelation consistent with his repeated identifications of the American UN power structure as the beast, James shows how the world will first mourn the wound and then rejoice at the revival of America after the healing, when the entire world will wonder and exclaim, Who is like unto the beast? Who is like unto the beast two-hour tape set is 1795 and comes in a book-style case with cover art. Send 1795 to Christian Media, Jacksonville, Oregon, 97530. The Christian Media Network is on shortwave and on the Internet at christianmedianetwork.com. Alrighty, we're back. This is the American Voice Broadcast. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. 
and you are listening on Christian Media Network, Christian Media Network, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on the Internet. We are heard on Studio B, Stream B, BBB, uh, let's see, at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. We just had that change. We used to be on at noon. Now we're on at 1. We're doing three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, Friday. So tomorrow we are not going to be on, but don't worry because there are live shows scheduled five days a week. On Mondays and Thursdays, Rick Walters with Axe 1-8 is on. So you're not missing any uh, live broadcasting on Mondays and Thursdays anymore because I was only uh, managing three days a week anyway when I had the five uh, five days a week on at noon. Uh, uh, anyway, I... I, I let me let me concentrate on this, and then I'll get to what I'm what I'm looking at here. Uh, <laughs> five days a week at noon. Anyways, uh, now we're 1 p.m. We're doing three days a week, scheduled three days a week, and uh, the other two are Rick Walters, Acts 1-8. Rick's on it uh, Monday and Thursday. American Voice is Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay, we're rebroadcast at 8 p.m. Pacific time. That's 11 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so that schedule goes for Rick and the American Voice five days a week there. And at nighttime, it's Stream A. Okay, Stream A on 9.330, also on Shorewave, 9.330, sorry about that. And in the afternoon, it's Stream B, 15.725 WRMI out of Miami, Florida. If it's June 11th and it's Wednesday, then we're live, and you can feel free to email me during the show here. I'll treat your email just like a call-in. I'll read it on the air. Comments, news stories, whatever you'd like to send, feel free to email at info at theamericanvoice.com. That's info at theamericanvoice.com. You can also call in, want to talk on the show, want to you know be a radio star, go ahead, Uh you want to give a radio check, talk about the news, got a new subject, or something interesting is happening where you live, feel free to call in. The call-in number is 541-899-1177. That's 541-899-1177, and that's the call-in number for Studio B. So any shows on Studio B that uh, uh, accept calls, that's the number. Anyways, uh... Let me give you the mailing location for the American Voice. The American Voice, care of 6500 Shadow Glen, Eagle Point, Oregon, 97524. Again, that's the American Voice, care of 6500 Shadow Glen, Eagle Point, Oregon, 97524. Remember now, it's 6500 Shadow Glen. Shadow Glen is two words. Eagle Point is two words, located in Oregon. Alrighty, so there's that. Now, if you want to call the American Voice, it's 541-826-9050. 541-826-9050. That is the American Voice number. Uh, you'll probably get voicemail most of the time. Uh, let's see, what else? Let's see, the email, you can always do that. I'll, get, I'll send you a free newspaper if you want one. And, and folks, a uh, message to the subscribers out there. Thank you for being patient. No, the paper's not lost in the mail. It's lost on my desk here but it's it's getting there we're way behind but we're going to uh you know we're going to figure out a way to do this and uh we're uh we'll fix it up for you 
don't worry, don't worry, we'll get this squared away. Anyway, and thank you for your patience, because the, uh, you know, the hate mail concerning that's been at a real minimum, and I appreciate it. Uh, let's see, uh, that's about it for that. Again, if it's June 11th, feel free to call in, and it's about 1.38 for those of you on shortwave who are getting the real time, those of you on the internet, going to get a three, four minute delay. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm not going to bother with this stuff. What I'm doing is I'm looking at the, uh, I'm actually, I actually went to the, uh, <laughs> actually went to the, uh, bulletin board during the break there. Uh, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother with this. You can go to the bulletin board at theamericanvoice.com. Uh, click on the bulletin board thing. It's a free bulletin board, so, you know, you'll see an ad up there. And we don't, we don't support or endorse those things. But, you know, the board is free. Okay, we just, you know, we're not going to pay for a board in order for people to go there and slam us. I mean, the board is there. You want to slam me, fine. You know, you got something bad to say about me, there's your chance. You know, I read it. I do read it, and I respond to it. So, you know, want to have an argument or say something nasty, go ahead. Within reason, oh, one thing about this board, and I have no control over it, it won't even allow you to put bad words on it. So, I mean, as as nasty as some of the comments are, they're not foul, okay, because they're not allowed to be foul because you, <laughs> this board automatically puts the X's and O's and exclamation points, you know, kind of like a cartoon uh, when they, you know, uh, animate cussing. Anyhow, what we will do is we're going to try to find some of this stuff here. Oh, now here's a story. We're going to talk about weapons of mass destruction, lack of weapons of mass destruction. But I want to point one thing out now. Point one thing, I'll bring one thing to your attention, let you know about it. There's a bill in Congress. Those of you who are still uh, wanting to be active in that stuff, you might want to pay attention to. Okay. Uh, Trying to look right for the name of it so you can see it, but we'll probably get to that here in a bit. There's a bill that wants to change some of the charitable, uh, you know, the tax free charitable organizations, the foundations sort of thing, like the Ford Foundation, the Carnegie Corporation, uh, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, okay? You know, things things of these natures, things of these natures. Anyway, those kind of organizations, so-called charitable organizations, right? Private giving foundations. By law, folks, these foundations are only required to give 5% of what they bring in. In other words, the United Way, you know, giving, giving your, you know, oh, you want to help all these poor guys. You want to help all these people over here and all those. And, oh, the United Way, you know, even though the United Way promotes homosexuality by cutting the Boy Scouts out because they don't promote homosexuality. So remember that, folks. When you give to the United Way, you're promoting homosexuality. That's the truth. And if you're working at a place that they say, well, you know, it's mandatory that you uh, contribute. No, it is not mandatory that you contribute. That's a lie. And most companies won't won't really push it that much. But uh, I work for a company that tried to tell me giving to the United Way was mandatory. Well, we're just going to take it out. How much do you want us to take out of your check? It's like, 
Nothing. Well, it's mandatory. No. Uh-uh. You take something out of my check for them, and I'll sue you. Now, you may not want to get that in their face about it. You may want to just say, no, I decline. I, I don't want anything taken out. And, and generally, they'll respect that, and they won't. They'll try to tell you it's mandatory. It is not mandatory for you to give. Okay? Anyway, the law says in order to maintain their status with, you know, they're tax-free, they are required to give away charitable donation. In other words, with nothing in return, 5% only. <laughs> that seems a little bit low, doesn't it? I mean, that seems a little bit low, don't it? 5%. You mean you take in all this money saying that you're going to help people, you're going to feed the homeless, you're going to give the the children with no clothes clothes, give the cobbler's kid over there some shoes and, you know, all that good stuff. You're going to help everybody. But you're only really going to help 5%? And now... A lot of you out there may be thinking, well, yeah, the law says a minimum of five. I'm sure most of them give away more. Really, are you? Well, let me tell you what's going on, what this bill is. They got a bill going through, uh, well, I don't know, it's the Senate or the House. I'm not sure which one. But they want to make some changes to the Charitable Giving Act, Okay. Now, it looks like it's in the House of Representatives. What they want to do, the change, the big change, remember 5% minimum, and you're probably figuring, well, most of these places probably give away way more than that. Well, probably not, considering they're whining and crying about these changes. They are completely opposed, okay, to these changes. Those, uh, the corporations and foundations I mentioned at the top there, the Ford, the Carnegie, and the William and Flora Hewlett, foundation, they are all so far against this that they went out and they hired themselves a lobbyist. As a matter of fact, 18 major foundations have hired former Republican Representative Bill Paxton, because that's what these guys do when they get, you know, kicked out of Congress, unelected, fired by the people. They become lobbyists, so people can pay them to go schmooze around where they used to work. So Bill Paxton's in there, hired by 18 foundations, to try to make this not happen. Now, what is this horrible thing? What is this terrible, horrible thing that these people are trying to do to these good foundations that are required by law to give away 5% of all the donations that they bring in in order to, you know, secure their tax-exempt status? What they want to do is they want to make it so they can no longer, these foundations can no longer include their administrative costs within that 5%. And that's what they've been doing, folks. <laughs> that's what they've been doing. The National Committee for Responsive Philanthropy has found that private foundations were writing off more than 4 billion dollars in administrative overhead as part of their charitable giving each year. So, in other words, this 5% that they're supposed to give away, they really weren't giving away anywhere near 5% because they were paying their huge executive salaries out of that 5% as if that was a donation and not a salary. 
And this bill here that these guys are trying to pass are uh, saying, well, you know what? We're not going to allow you to, you know, if we get this bill through, it's not, it's going to make it so you can no longer do that. You're actually going to have to give away the whole 5% to actual charities, not to your high-paid employees. And they are squealing like stuffed pigs. They've gone as far as to say that the changes, this change that they can no longer pay their executives out of that 5%, they actually have to give it away, as was the intent of the law in the first place, that this will keep them from fulfilling their missions. You know, a guy's got to wonder, what exactly is your mission as a, you know, philanthropist sort of foundation, supposedly helping the poor and underprivileged and giving away money? How is this going to stop you from, what is your mission, if not that? And geez, it's only 5%. Man, that is what we're, this, this is what I'm talking about, folks. It's a fraud. These foundations are frauds. They are not there helping anybody. What they're there, they are social experimentation places that are basically instituting psychopolitics and every element of mind manipulation, social control to build the new world order. These are not your friends, folks. Why should they get a tax break? Why should they do anything? Man, so what? The government says, well, okay, we're going to let you work your nasty evil in the background here, but you've got to give 5% of whatever you bring in to, you know, help somebody. And they don't even want to do that. They want to line their own pockets with this and call it charity. Unbelievable. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to find the, the name here. The Charitable Giving Act, if those of you who are... Uh, you know, still active in politics, hey, give your, uh, you know, give your uh, congressman or senator a call and tell them that they should uh, look at this and uh, not listen to the liar lobbyist. I'll tell you, lobbying, paid lobbyists ought to be made illegal, folks. Because I don't know how you can look at a paid lobbyist and not call that bribery. How the heck do these people get in there and start just what? They just go in and reason with these senators and congressmen and they just change their mind and vote their way? They don't get anything in return, right? We're supposed to believe that, huh? These guys go romping through Congress with boatloads of money and all kinds of perks. Meanwhile, your emails get deleted. You know what? You're completely wasting your time emailing your congressman. You're wasting your time sending them a fax. They get too many faxes that they don't like to hear, they shut their fax machines off. They delete email on a regular basis. They don't even read them. Not that they read their postal mail either, but somebody does. Man, oh man, I'll tell you, it's a sad story situation in this country. And I meant situation. <laughs> anyway, back to uh, weapons of mass destruction. Oh, I got something else, because we all know about the weapons of mass destruction, don't we? I mean, there's no weapons of mass destruction that they can find. 
right? I mean, <laughs> oh, you know, I wanted to get to this. Maybe let's just do this on Friday or something, because this ain't going away, this. And I've got a lot on this, too. Guys in England feeling the heat. Because they're, they're doing investigations. House of Commons are going to start doing investigations on the whole administration over there, including the Prime Minister, about lying to them about weapons of mass destruction, fraudulently, uh, you know, promoting documents that they knew wasn't true, making up stuff, things like that. You see the House of Commons over there kind of taking that seriously because they're getting a lot of heat from the people out there because Britain, people in Europe, including the Brits, are not behind this. The English government was, the Prime Minister was, the House of Commons was based on the information they were given by the Prime Minister, which happens to be now, okay, we got all this stuff, where is it? You know, you can make a real good story up on paper and give it to me, and I'll go, oh my goodness, my neighbor's got all this and all that, and he's doing all this and he's doing all that? Why, then let's go over there and kill him and rob his house. So we go over there and we don't find anything. We don't find any of this stuff that you said he was doing, none of the stuff that that it, you said. And the Republicans are actually trying to say that, that you know, the, the Rush Limbaugh Republicans are trying to say, well, they found a bunch of gas masks, they found a bunch of... The, yeah, uh, oh, I see, so they're not even allowed to have any defenses against a U.S. chemical or biological attack, seeing as the United States is the biggest producer of chemical and biological weapons in the world. You know, now that the Soviet Union's gone, I mean, we were second place to their uh, capabilities, but hey, now that they're no longer really 100% in the business, and don't think they're not still messing around with biologicals and chemicals. Don't think that Russia just completely gave it up and Oh, they're not interested in that anymore. Uh, I wouldn't count on it. But, you know, they've scaled back because of uh, they couldn't afford it. You know, now their scientists all want paid. <sighs> Imagine that. But uh, the U.S., man, boom, boom, they're still pumping it out. Those labs are still going crazy. Anyway, thing is, they found, uh, they say, two mobile labs. Been no more documentation about that. They said it. So that makes it true. They said it. They didn't say why. They, I haven't read anything about why. What's the evidence inside these mobile labs? What makes it think that? I do remember all the lies they told, everything they found. Oh, we had these metal tubes. They can only be used in nuclear reaction. Turned out they were for rocket motors that the Iraqis were allowed to have. Also, the Republicans cite some of these ballistic missiles that they have. Well, they're allowed to have missiles that go within, like, what, 100 miles or something? Self-defense missiles? They're allowed to have those by the terms of the sanctions. See, the Iraqis weren't completely disarmed by the sanctions. They were supposedly disarmed of their offensive weapons. They were allowed to defend themselves. They were allowed to have defensive weapons. And they cite a lot of this stuff as, oh, look what they got, look what they got. Well, they're allowed to have that. And what, you going to find one missile, two missiles that they weren't allowed to have? Ooh, there you go. There you go. That's like hanging somebody by the neck until dead because you caught them stealing a piece of gum from the store, folks. Little overreaction, don't you think? Anyway, they're catching a lot of heat in England, and they're taking the investigation a little more seriously than here because of that liberal press that won't let, you know, oh, wait a minute, if it was a liberal press, ah, never mind. 
they catch a lot more heat in England. And they're going to be having investigations, and they already have a high-ranking guy saying, well, yeah, okay, maybe it was a lie, and maybe it wasn't true, and maybe we kind of stretched the truth a little, and maybe, maybe, maybe. But the fact remains that the Iraqi people have been freed from a tyrant. Oh, they're trying to sidestep the whole thing. You lied to everyone about everything, and now you're going to justify it by saying, well, at least Saddam Hussein's gone. Sorry. Of course, don't, don't hold your breath waiting for an investigation in this country about that. George Bush will blow up New York before he ever becomes investigated by anything. In other words, if that ever even gets close to happening, there will be a large distraction. Which is coming anyway. But if George Bush starts getting investigated, he will take what Clinton did to the umph degree. Anyway, with some news that may really interest you and affect your day-to-day life instead of this weapons of mass destruction, which is all just a fantasy made up by Washington to justify taking the oil wells uh, and, and instituting the Federal Reserve System in Iraq, let's go to something that can really affect your life. Starting this week, Walmart, okay? Walmart will begin quietly selling... Tracking chipped products, okay? And they'll start doing it in Brockton, Massachusetts, okay? Brockton, Massachusetts. Anybody in Brockton, Massachusetts listening, your Walmart is going to have tracking chip products for sale. They're going to put radio frequency ID sensors on shelves stocked with RFID tagged Gillette products. Okay, at the Brockton, Massachusetts Walmart store, Gillette Products. Okay, but you see, Walmart's doing this quietly because they'd really rather you didn't even know about it. Because you might not like this idea. You might even stop shopping at Walmart if you found out they were doing this. Now, what's what's the bad thing about these tracking devices? Well, what they are is a little transmitters. Okay, and what. They have a sensors that read this. And what this is, is a product ID. Okay? Now, this was a whole MIT thing. We've done stories about this before. But it's happening now, folks. And they're doing it quietly because they don't want you to know about it. Okay? We're running out of time. But we're going to do a little more about this probably Friday. Now, the thing about these chips is, okay, what's in them is the product ID. You know, what the product is. Now, the bad thing is, well, so what? You know, uh, you know, I've got, you know, I go through a reader and you know I've got a, a, a Gillette razor in my pocket or, or whatever. You know, you know I have this make of a shirt and you know it was manufactured at this date. So what? Well, okay, so what? Now, you didn't just walk into the store with that, right? You bought it. When you buy anything anywhere with your credit card, it all goes into the database of that store a complete record of exactly what you bought. Any of these discount stores where you have your membership card that you got to show or any of these, you know, these, uh, uh, like, Satanway, Albertsons, they all got it now, where you're supposed to get a discount if you use this card, okay? Well, I know Albertsons didn't require any information. You use it anyway without any giving them any information at all. Uh, Safeway, I know people have got that thing, and, and they just lie on there. They give them false information, and, and okay, fine. Thing is, if you're you know one of these people that just go, okay, and you sign this and put your real address and everything else, what they're doing is they're taking and tracking your buying habits. They so, you know everything you bought, when you bought it, what you bought, 
Therefore, they know how much money you spent. Oh, you IRS people getting worried, are you? Covered your tracks pretty well, did you? No bank account, none of that, none of this, but you're using your discount card over there at your, uh, you know, buy 10 gallons of this and save a dollar store? Yeah, well, they're keeping track of everything you buy and everything you spend. And with RF tags in them, guess what? They can track everywhere that goes. So you're wearing a shirt and pants and everything else that was bought at, you know, Walmart or whatever. They can track you. They know who you are. They know what you spend. Too much information, folks. And it gets worse. Okay? Now, why Brockton, Massachusetts? Things are thought out well. Brockton is a poor section of Massachusetts. A lot of minorities. That's who they're going to put it on first. Folks, they always pick on the weak ones. They always pick on, you know, the sick of the herd, basically. Now, they're doing it in Brockton, Massachusetts. They just did it in Iraq. I've been telling you, if you allow your government to treat other people badly, you're next. Because if it's okay to do them, it's okay to do you. They got laws, man. Everybody's equal. Remember? So if you allow them to do this to others, it's going to come back on you. Guaranteed. And it's fixing to come back real hard. Anyway, I'm looking at the time, and we are running out of it. Uh, tomorrow, uh, let's see, that would be Thursday. Rick Walters, Acts 1-8, will be in this time slot. We'll be back Friday. We'll be replayed at 8 p.m. Pacific also. Those of you listening, thanks. Did you hear about the Fed? No. What about the Fed? They announced another round of the quantitative easing. What does that mean? It means they are going to make large asset purchases via POMO. What does that mean? It means they are going to expand their balance sheet and buy treasuries. What does that mean? It means they are going to print a ton of money. So why do they call it the quantitative easing? Why don't they just call it the printing money? Because the printing money is the last refuge of failed economic empires and banana republics, and the Fed doesn't want to admit this is their only idea. So why do they want to print the money? Because they say we have the deflation, and the deflation is very bad. What is the deflation? The deflation is when prices of the things we buy go down. Isn't that good? Doesn't it mean the people can buy more of the stuff? Yes, but the Fed said this is bad, especially during the recession. So they think that during the recession, when the people have less money to buy the stuff, it is bad that the prices go down? Yes, the Fed would rather have the inflation. So why does the Fed think we have the deflation? Because the CPI said so. But aren't the food prices higher than a year ago? Yes. Aren't the gas prices higher than a year ago? Yes. Aren't the health care costs higher than a year ago? Yes. Aren't tuition prices higher than a year ago? Yes. Aren't the taxes higher than a year ago? Yes. Aren't the subway fares higher than a year ago? Yes. Aren't the stock prices higher than a year ago? Yes. Aren't the bond prices higher than a year ago? Yes. So what is deflating right now? The only thing deflating that I can see is the Fed's credibility. Did they have a lot of credibility to start with? No. Why not? Because the Fed has been wrong about every major economic development in the past 20 years. You mean they didn't see the Internet stock bubble? No. In fact, they helped fuel the Internet stock bubble. And they didn't see the housing bubble? No, in fact, they helped cause the housing bubble. And they didn't see the subprime crisis? No, in fact, they told us subprime problems were contained right before the shit hit the fan and the Lehman went bankrupt. So has the Fed ever been right about anything? Let me see if I can think of anything.
No, nothing. Who runs the Fed? The Fed is run by the Ben Bernanke. Does the Ben Bernanke have a lot of business experience? No, the Ben Bernanke has no business experience. Does the Ben Bernanke have a lot of policy experience? No, the Ben Bernanke has no policy experience. Has the Ben Bernanke ever run in an election? No, the Ben Bernanke has never run in an election. So what qualifies him to run the Fed? I don't know, maybe the fact that he has a nice beard. But my plumber also has a nice beard, and I would not trust him to play God with the economy. No, although when you call the plumber to fix something that is broken, they usually fix it, not break it more. This is true, the plumber is clearly smarter than the Ben Bernanke. Well, that is why he became a plumber and not an economist. How does the Fed execute the quantitative easing? They print the money, and then they buy the treasury bonds. Do they buy the treasury bonds from the treasury department? No, they buy the treasury bonds from the Goldman Sachs. You must be shitting me. No. So let me get this straight. If I want to buy the treasury bonds with my money, I can buy them directly from the treasury. Yes. And if you want to buy the treasury bonds with your money, you can buy them from the treasury. Right. But if the Ben Bernanke wants to buy the treasury bonds using the American people's money, he does not buy them from the treasury, he buys them from the Goldman Sachs? Exactly. And does the Goldman Sachs give them a good price? Of course not, they are the Goldman Sachs, they make their living ripping off the American people. But how is the Goldman Sachs able to do this? The Fed announces what it is going to buy, and when it is going to buy, before it does the trade. So the Goldman Sachs can front-run the Fed and give them the worst possible price on the Treasury bonds? Yes, exactly. And the Fed is okay with this blatant theft from the American people? Of course, otherwise, the Fed would just buy the Treasury bonds directly from the Treasury Department. Who inside the Fed is responsible for the buying of the Treasury bonds? The buying of the Treasury bonds is conducted by the New York branch of the Federal Reserve. And who is in charge of the New York branch? The head of the New York branch is the William Dudley. And what did the William Dudley do before running the New York Fed? Before running the New York Fed, the William Dudley was a partner at the Goldman Sachs. So the guy in charge of the American people's money when dealing with the Goldman Sachs used to be a partner at the Goldman Sachs? Yes. And nobody has a problem with this? Apparently not. Is this an episode of the Twilight Zone? I don't think so. Are you sure? Pretty sure. So what you are telling me is that the Fed thinks prices are going down when in fact they are going up? Yes. Yeah. And they think during the recession, with the high unemployment, it is better if the thing people need to buy cost more money. Correct. According to the Ben Bernanke, the inflation will create the jobs and improve the housing market. Has this ever been tried before? Yes. Just last year, the Fed tried the quantitative easing with $2 trillion. Did that create the jobs? No. Did it help the housing market? Not at all. Did it help anybody at all? Yes, it helped the Goldman Sachs. How much of the money are they printing now? $600 billion. So even though the first $2 trillion did not create the jobs or improve the housing market, the Fed decided to do another $600 billion anyway? Yes. Who put the Ben Bernanke in charge? The Ben Bernanke was first appointed by the President Bush, then he was reappointed by the President Obama. But wasn't the President Obama supposed to bring the change? Yes. How is putting in charge the same fool who has been wrong about everything, the change? Well, under the President Bush, the Ben Bernanke only blew up the American economy. Under the President Obama, he is working on blowing up the entire global economy. That does not sound like the change we can believe in. Definitely not. Who else supports the Ben Bernanke? 
Most economists around the world think the quantitative easing is very dangerous. Does anyone think it is a good idea? Yes, the people at the Goldman Sachs. Is this some kind of nightmare? No, it is very real. I want to bang my head against the wall. You should not do that. Why not? Because the health care is too expensive. But didn't the President Obama fix that? No, but that is the subject of a whole other video. Goodbye. Documenting the crisis of our republic. Waging war on the new world order. This is Govern America. Govern America. of the Great Lakes capital city, where the conspiracy theorists are always vindicated. We're broadcasting live from FEMA Region 5 in the rust-built area of Michigan. This is Govern America. I'm Darren Weeks. Nice to have you with us once again as we document the crisis of our republic, the undermining of our national, state, and individual autonomy. Today is the 16th of April, 2016, the day after April Fool's, the real April Fool's Day. Good to have you with us once again here, ladies and gentlemen, as we are uh, starting the show off on a little bit of a rocky note already. It's uh, pretty amazing. Uh, I hope this is not indicative of what we got coming here uh, with the automation screwing up right off the top. I'm deciding to play the music over and over again. I don't know why I did that. Anyway, it's computers. It's the mystery of the box. Anyway, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes, every day, every single day, we're vindicated. It seems like uh, those whacked job conspiracy theorists uh, seem to always get ridiculed and uh, made fun of and, ah, you're fringe, fringe. And yet, what do we have here but every day? Uh, more and more information revealed, uh, more and more admissions made, that everything that we've been saying for years and other folks just like us is absolutely 110% on the money. And what am I talking about here? Well, the rigged election systems, of course, and it was revealed again this week. Uh, <clears throat> well, now we have the Colorado GOP chairman. I guess uh, his name is Steve House. He's getting threats from various uh, Donald Trump supporters because, hey, they feel robbed. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? In, in some ways, even though it seems like the sun is setting across America, the sun is setting on this once great country because Americans have slept too long. In many respects, it's, it's morning in America because guess what? The American people, in many respects, are wiping the sleep from their eyes and they're finally starting to realize they've lost their country. This is why alternative candidates, candidates that at least appear to have the uh, appearance of uh, being anti-establishment, these, these are why these candidates are, are thriving. And I'm no Donald Trump supporter, and I, God knows I'm no Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, you know, but people perceive some of these is candidates to be outsiders or anti-establishment. And as a consequence, they're uh, jumping on all over them. They're jumping, uh, you know, but, but it seems like the establishment do not want. They have their picks, folks, and they're doing what they can to get their picks in. And, and, and their uh, rigging of the election systems have become so blatant that people can't help but notice. But I find it re very remarkable 
that the establishment media now are coming out and they're telling the American people how rigged their election system is, how rigged the party system is. I'm just amazed today how many things uh, are coming out in the open. In some respects, uh, it gives me kind of an unsettled feeling because it's almost like the establishment has made the decision that it doesn't matter if the American people know the truth anymore. It's almost like they have made up their mind that there's nothing the American people are either going to do about it or that they can do about it. Now, I have to believe, ladies and gentlemen, because I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you I certainly wouldn't have been wasting my time preparing to be here if I believed that that to be the case. I have always believed, and I still maintain a belief, that the American people, if they ever learned the truth, would stand, and if they ever had any idea what to do about the truth, that they learned, they would stand up and take the appropriate action. Now, as time has gone on, it's got later and later and later to the point where there have become less and less options. And the options that we have, to be fair, have become limited in scope. I've sat behind this microphone since probably about, oh, I don't know, maybe 2004, somewhere around there. Many have... uh, I've been doing it longer than I have, but that's a fair, decent amount of time, I suppose. And I've yelled and screamed the same thing during the course of the time that I've been here. And that is that the only answer we have is local control. If you don't do something on a local level, you're not going to get anything done because the federal government is way too controlled. Everything is controlled. And so while I admire people that run for Congress, I admire people that run for federal positions, uh, I'm also very mindful that you're, you're wasting your time unless, and I will put this caveat in there, unless you're doing it to get your message out. Because the way federal election laws are, and we've had Jim Connett Jr. on the show many times in the past, and he talks about how the the way the election laws are, your licensed FCC licensed television and radio stations have to they cannot censor your messages if you are a federal candidate. So this is a a way to get unfiltered truth out into the media. This is a way for you to get your message out if you really want to do it, and. He has. Jim Condit Jr. has. And he advocates other people doing the same thing. Now, if that's a, that would be a great solution to get on these big 50,000-watt blowtorches and use that as a, as a means by which to get your message out. Very important, because you're reaching un- you have a direct access to an audience with unfiltered information, and that 
that's very that's something that everyone covets. But unfortunately, federal candidates are wasting their time any other for any other purpose as I see it. Now, if I'm wrong, you can call in 844-646-8376. 1-844-646-8376. If you think I'm wrong, go ahead. Let me know. But I don't think so. I would love to be wrong on that. But now uh, it's it's pretty interesting here. We have now Ben Carson, who just ran uh, the Conservative Tribune. <coughs> Excuse me. The Conservative Tribune uh, says Ben Carson reveals dark, dirty secret of the establishment. GOP elites are furious. He says uh, they say throughout the 2016 Republican presidential primary, the Republican establishment has been accused of, the, of a multitude of things, some ridiculous, some terrifyingly true. Former GOP contender Dr. Ben Carson recently came forward and accused the establishment of trying to choose which candidate would be the nominee, something that the American people aren't too happy about. Quote, I think that they, uh, I think that they think they're fair. But no, I don't think so. I think they try to pick and choose who the candidate should be. They focus attention and help to uh, and help certain people. Other people they try to ignore. Well, apparently it's even deeper than this. Uh, and Nick Burnaby of uh, Anti Media has put together a very good article. 2016, the year the Americans found out our elections are rigged. He says the 2016 election has been a wild ride with two insurgent grassroots campaigns. Literally, get well, and then, and that that is a matter for debate whether they're really insurgent grassroots campaigns. But that's what he says here uh, with two insurgent grassroots campaign, literally giving the political establishment a run for its money. But as the events of this presidential primary season play out, it's becoming clear the U.S. election. And even more so, the presidential race is a big scam being perpetrated on the American people. Events from last week have exposed the system as an illusion of choice and a farce. They have reinforced at least one study showing the U.S. is an oligarchy rather than a democratic republic. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, um, let me just jump here to some audio. Because on the morning, Joe... With Joe Scarborough, Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, who is the daughter of Zbigniew Brzezinski. I can't talk today. Zbigniew Brzezinski. Uh, Mika is his daughter. For, uh, Jimmy Carter's former national security guy, uh, advisor. Yeah, that's a big new. Anyway, um, they were on there talking to some analysts about this rigged election systems. Let me just play you a little of this audio. And and, and as you listen here, folks, I want you to think about the reality that we have the establishment media openly, openly sharing, openly telling the American people that their their election systems are rigged. Now, now set aside the, the reality that we know about the computerized voting systems. Because under the computerized voting systems, the code can be changed. I mean, we've had a number of people, uh, Beverly Harris, 
talking about this, again, Jim Condit Jr., many other people have discussed how the numbers can be changed electronically. But here we have <laughs> the Morning Joe. Uh, I think this is uh, MSNBC. Anyway, the Morning Joe talking about how the election systems are rigged, the primary systems are rigged, and the American people, can. What, what's the point in showing up for a vote? Bernie Sanders' winning streak continued over the weekend with a victory in the Wyoming caucuses on Saturday. Sanders beat Hillary Clinton by 12 points, 56 to 44, notching his eighth win in the last nine okay. nominating contest. Okay, okay, what do we do here? I mean, it so, sounds so like he's Cole. winning. He, he's won eight out of nine. Yep. But here, and, look, and look, he wins by 12 points. I tell you, I would not do well as a Democratic politician. <laughs> he wins by 12 points. He may not even pick up a single delegate. Yeah. It's seven to six now with a remaining delegate to be decided later. I'm sorry. That's a crushing victory. I know. And listen, I think that with the super delegates that they have, I think she only has to win 30% of the, you know, have to get 30% of the vote in the uh, remaining contest. I mean, talk about voters feeling like a system well, might be and, rigged. And, and, Why are you if, even if, voting? If you're driving right. Wyoming. Okay, did you hear what she said? Talk about a talk about a system where the voters might think they might feel they might feel like the system is rigged. Why even bother showing up voting in Wyoming? Okay, that's what she said. Now, uh, Joe Scarborough goes on an, on a tangent here, and I'm no fan of Joe Scarborough. Scarborough, he's a huge gun grabbing liberal. Uh, scumbag. But what he's saying here is very important, ladies and gentlemen. And again, I ask the question, why now? Why is the establishment media pointing out the fact that your election systems are rigged? You know, think about how much has come out in recent days. Uh, the NSA spying. You know, it's been revealed that the uh, American people have been listened to on their conversations, you know, we could be called crackpot conspiracy nuts for saying that for many years. Oh, the government's listening to you. The government's surveilling you. The government's watching everything you do. Uh, we're headed to a 1984 George Orwell type of situation. Oh, you're just a crackpot. Ah, you're paranoid. Paranoid! Well, it's all come out now, hasn't it? It's all come out. Now it's a part of the mainstream, ordinary conversation every day. Uh, we, we talked about the banking system, how, how corrupt the banking system is. Look at how, look around you. Oh, we got banker bailouts. We got uh, too big to jail everywhere you go. Is this just a case that everything has gotten so corrupt now it can't be hidden anymore? Or are they telling you? Are they openly telling you? The truth, because it doesn't matter anymore, because they intend to crash the whole system, and they intend to pull something off. I'm just asking, folks. Anyway, this discussion, <laughs> tirade,
continues. If you're driving right. my car right now, we've been talking about rigged systems. Rigged systems. Right now, a graphic. Bernie Sanders wins 56 to 44 percent in Wyoming. The delegates rewarded. Hillary Clinton 11, Bernie Sanders 7. Why does the Democratic Party even have voting booths? No, why? This system is so rigged. It feels that way, and I think if you know they fall into line better than our voters do, but I can see some of the same emotions boiling over at their convention. But we always talk about voter turnout and how important it is to do your duty as a citizen. There's absolutely no reason any of those people voted in any of There's those not. states, I mean, right? What's the justification? Please, someone tell me. These, these, these are the rules. No, that's yeah, not a good answer. Tell me why why rigged. those people needed to go vote because they, they don't. Their votes rigged. don't matter. Turned out, it's not rigged. I'm sorry, I don't know who this shill is that's defending this whole process, but uh, anyway, oh, it's not rigged. No, oh, it's not. Where you turn out. How? I don't oh, think it's Only in system. some parts of the country it matters? System, but it's not he like... won by 12% points and lost the delegate I don't think now. it's a good system. All I'm saying is it's not... Do you think it's fair Matthew, huh? do you don't think that the Democrats matter. and Republicans change their delegate allotment processes after only the cycle? If, only if the winner of the White House decides he or she wants to change it, which is unlikely. These are the rules. I and don't just, all really... I'm, all I'm saying is it's not, not like asking. the Cruz people or the Clinton people have gone in and fixed it or rigged it. Okay, but let's, just, I'm talking about the Democrats for now. There. Let's talk about the Democrats for we, now. We didn't say that. Here right. is a party who sends their activists out and have people chattering on TV and chattering on talk radio about voter disenfranchisement Leaky. if you make somebody Out show a picture of themselves. This same party tells voters to go straight to hell when they, they, they select somebody by 12 percentage points and end up letting the other candidate who lost by 12 percentage points win the most delegates. That, by definition, is voter disenfranchisement. So all I mean, it is a rigged system on the Democratic side, even worse than the Republican side. And I don't know why Democratic voters put up with it. If I'm you say saying, those are the rules, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm, I'm going to lunge. lunge I, I agree with everything you said. Okay, did you hear what what uh, what Mika just said? She says if you say this is the rules, I'm going to lunge at your neck. Except I wouldn't say it's rigged. It's not rigged. It's disenfranchisement. It's not one person, one vote. What do you call rigged. it when voters going to the voting booth does, doesn't matter at all? Much a mess, a messed up system. That is a rigged. It's not rigged. It is a system rigged against voters. It's a system rigged against people that go to voting booths. It's a system rigged against people that go out to caucuses. It is a system that is rigged in favor of the rich and the power. Powerful and the politically connected. Bernie Sanders wins by 12 percentage points. Show, show, show. So he wins 56 to 44. Now let's look at the delegate count. He didn't get any super Put him up. Okay. And one, after right? winning by 12 percentage points, he's losing. He loses Wyoming. He's losing. Where right it counts by primary. four delegates, 11 to 7. Now, John Heilman, if that is a system that is not rigged well, against voters and rigged in favor, of the rich and powerful, please tell me one that is. Okay, now let's jump over to Jake Tapper. Uh, can, now, can you first of all, folks, can you believe that they're actually putting this out on mainstream television? 
on main on a mainstream network and, and MSNBC no less. Okay. Anyway, let's jump over to Jake Tapper on CNN now. You know because hey, with all this talk about a rigged election systems, you know I am so glad. So glad we got Jake Tapper with the uh, chairman of the Democratic National Committee. You know, uh, her name is uh, like Representative uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yeah, she's the chairman of the Democratic National Committee, and she is explaining. She's going to explain to you the reason why the super delicate thing is not doesn't amount to a rigged election system. Hillary Clinton lost to Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire by 22 percentage points, the biggest victory in a contested Democratic primary there since John F. Kennedy. But it looks as though Clinton and Sanders are leaving the Granite State with the same number of delegates in their pockets because Clinton has the support of New Hampshire's superdelegates, these party insiders. What do you tell voters who are new to the process who says, this makes them feel like it's all rigged? Unpledged delegates exist really to make sure that party leaders and elected officials don't have to be in a position where they are running against grassroots activists. Uh, say that again? Uh, are you kidding me? Unpledged delegates, uh, uh, let's hear that again. Hillary Clinton lost. It makes them feel like it's all rigged. Unpledged delegates exist really to make sure that party leaders and elected officials don't have to be in a position where they are running against grassroots activists. Oh, so that means it's rigged. <laughs> Isn't that what she said? Uh, well, we have to have these unpledged delegates to make sure that uh, party leaders are not running against grassroots activists. That means uh, it's rigged. Unpledged delegates exist really to make sure that party leaders and elected officials don't have to be in a position where they are running against grassroots activists. Now, we're going we're gonna, to uh, go ahead and let her uh, expand on that a little bit more because she goes on to, uh, to blather about uh, the inclusiveness of the party, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we want to make sure that these grassroots activists, whoever they are, uh, you know, somebody that might get a wild hair up their rear end and decide, hey, I want to I think I want to run for president. We're going to go ahead and make sure that they're included. We want to we want to make sure they're included. They have a chance to be a delegate. So uh, we, we go to great pains here at the Democratic Party to make sure that this happens. We are as a Democratic Party really highlight and emphasize inclusiveness and diversity mm-hmm. at our convention. And so we want to give every opportunity to grassroots activists and diverse, committed Democrats to be able to participate, attend, and be a delegate at the convention. And so we separate out those those unpledged delegates to make sure that there isn't competition between them. I'm not sure that that, that, would, that answer would satisfy uh, an anxious uh, young uh, voter, but let, let's move on. Okay, <laughs> let's not move on. Wait a minute. Hold on, Tapper. You've got the chairman of the Democratic National Committee on your show who's just said that we separate separate out superdelegates to make sure that the party leaders are not running against, well, hmm, grassroots activists. In other words, real people. We can't have real people in the party. So uh, we got to have these grassroots. This is a check valve, ladies and gentlemen, a check valve on democracy. <laughs> well, that's what they're telling us our form of government is anyway, a democracy. 
And under the Constitution, it's worth pointing out, we're supposed to have a Republican form of government. But can you believe this? I mean, you talk about taking the, uh, just completely doing away with any semblance, any pretense that you have a say in government. I mean, for years, for decades, how long has this been going on? They've been promoting, oh, elections are, are the solution. Elections, hey, you've you, you got to be involved. You've got to actually uh, show up and vote. This is your chance. This is your channel. This is your steam valve, ladies and gentlemen. This is the place where you can go to make your voice heard about your government. It's your government. And so it's so important for you to show up, register, and vote. And go out there and pull the lever. And now they're revealing it for the fraud that it really is. Well, at least to a certain extent, because, again, they're not showing. Nobody's talking at all about the computerized voting systems. But you know what? I'm going to make a prediction here. I predict at some point in the future, and I don't know how soon, Eventually, that's going to come out. Because you know what? It seems like the establishment doesn't care anymore. They don't care. They're going to reveal it. They're going to tell you exactly what's going on because they know you people are gutless. And I'm not really talking about you people. You people in the patriot movement. I'm talking about the American people in general. Don't have any guts. Don't want to do anything. And they know it. They know it. They're counting on it. They have, think about all the stuff that's gone on in the last 10 years. They, well, you don't have to go back that far. Let's think about all the stuff that's gone on in the last five years. And nothing. A few controlled opposition protests, controlled opposition riots, Nothing of substance, because they know how to play the American people. They know about human nature. Anyway, uh, I've told you how I feel about Donald Trump, but it's kind of hard not to defend the guy, given the fact that he's being squeezed out. Okay? So, uh, let's jump to Donald Trump commenting on the subject of these delegates. Delegates, I have... I think about 200, maybe more than that more. But it's not right, folks, because what they're doing, and whether it's me or whether it's Bernie Sanders, when I look at it and I see all these victories that I have, all these victories that he's got, and then you look at the establishment, and I want to tell you, it's a corrupt deal going on in this country, and it's not good. It's not good. And it's not fair, and it's not fair to you people. Okay, so let's go to, to uh, Fox News now, where Donald Trump appeared as a guest. On, a, on one of their shows, I'm not sure if it's a morning show or what, but he was on the phone with Fox News, and he goes on to elaborate a little bit on, uh, you know, what he thinks about this whole process. All right, so yesterday, or over the weekend, you lost the state of Colorado, and you tweeted about this. You said you were angry, and you said it was unfair. Why do you think that? Well, it really started with Colorado, and, and the people out there are going crazy, you know, in, in the Denver area and Colorado itself. and. They're going absolutely crazy because they weren't given a vote. This was given by politicians. It's a crooked deal. 
And I see it. And I see it. Honestly, I see it with Bernie, too. You know, I've gotten millions more votes, millions, not just a couple, millions of more votes than Cruz. And I've gotten hundreds of delegates more. And we keep fighting, fighting, fighting. And then you have a Colorado where they, frankly, where they, they you know, just get all of these delegates. And it's not a system. There was no voting. I didn't go out there to make a speech or anything. There's no voting. And, you know, I heard Pete say, well, that's the way it is. Well, that really shouldn't be the way it is. This was changed in the summer to help a guy like Cruz. And it's not right now. You know, I won, as an example, South Carolina. I won it by a landslide, like a massive landslide. And now they're trying to pick off those delegates one by one. That's not the way democracy is supposed to work. And, you know, they, they offer them trips. They offer them all sorts of things. And you're allowed to do that. I mean, you're allowed to offer trips and you can buy all these votes. What kind of a system is this? Now, I'm an outsider and I came into the system and I'm winning the votes by millions of votes. But the system is rigged. It's crooked. When you look even at Bernie, I'm not a fan of Bernie, but every time I turn on your show, Bernie wins, Bernie wins, mm -hmm. Bernie wins. And yet Bernie's not winning. I mean, it's, it's a rigged. system. It's a, it's a rigged system. It looks like it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've got a little bit of a problem here. And I'm not sure what it is. Uh, apparently, none of the bumps are playing. And I'm not sure why. <laughs> this is going to be very interesting. I guess I'll just reboot this computer, and we'll just continue on. And maybe we'll have breaks, and maybe we won't. It'll be a long three hours without any breaks. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so we have this, uh, what a mess. Donald Trump talking about how rigged it is. Now, are you getting a theme here? First, you have MSNBC. You have the panelists there. Uh, one guy, you know, one guy saying, "Oh, it's not rigged," but the, but the but the moderators are there. They're talking about how rigged it is. Uh, you got Jake Tapper on CNN, uh, you know, saying, "Hmm, you know, it seems like these people, you know, it's rigged." And you got the DNC chairman. Pretty much admitting we bring these superdelegates out so that the party leaders don't have to run against people that might actually win. <laughs> Grassroots activists. In other words, real people. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, these media events don't just take place by accident. Now, uh, we've had people, and I've, you know, I mentioned Jim Connett Jr. being one of them. He's, uh, he's talked about how all th big three networks... Now five, but there's more than that now. But they all coordinate the coverage, and other people have discussed this as well. Whenever the media wants to get information out, they coordinate they coordinate the coverage across the different networks, and they they beat this thing. Now my question is, why are they allowing this information to get out now? Are, is there some reform that they're going to be pushing in the future? to to try to revamp the entire election system. That's something for people to think about. I don't know. But I find it very interesting that all of this is coming out now. Anyway, uh, moving along here, uh, Trump, again, on Fox News, he goes on to talk about how the the, uh, the everything that's going on right now is a hack deal. He also has kind of an interesting, what I think is a Freudian slip, because a lot of people talk about his background being a Democrat. Uh, 
And he has says something in here that I find kind of interesting. Anyway, Donald Trump, again, Fox News. Mr. Trump, I've been a part of the caucus system in Minnesota. It is a difficult system, and I was steamrolled by and out-organized by a Ron Paul movement. Isn't it just fair to say that these are the rules, Ted Cruz is organized, and you're just flat-out being out-organized? No, because I've got millions more votes. I mean, you could say he's out-organized because I have millions of more votes, Pete, and I happen to have more delegates than he does by a lot. But when you go into a, a Colorado where the people of Colorado are complaining that they're not allowed to vote, mm -hmm. that's the best of all because they're not even allowed to vote. Or when I go into Louisiana and I win Louisiana by a lot, I get thousands of more votes than Cruz, and then I find out that I get less delegates, you know, hey, I'm somebody coming in to make America great again. I'm coming in to do something positive. I'm an outsider. The system's rigged. I see it. I see it now 100%. And by the way, not just on our side. I think it's worse on the Republican side. When you can have a Colorado where the people don't get a chance to vote, and the people out in Colorado are going nuts. They're marching. They're having a lot of problems out there because of this. This was a political hack deal. It's a political hack deal, but did you notice what he said? Not just on our side, also on the Republican side. Oops. Indicating that he's, uh, you know, and a lot of people would say, well, he just misspoke there. I suppose that's possible. But anyway, he's running as a Republican candidate. Anyway, uh, Curly Hoglin, <clears throat> he is an American politician and businessman uh, since 1999. According to Wikipedia, he says as the Republican National Committee, Committee Man for North Dakota. Hoglin was elected uh, chairman of the North Dakota Republican Party in 1999. Uh, he served one term and has since been elected to three or four years as uh, committee man. Since 2009, he's a member of the uh, Republican National Committee Rules Committee. He previously served as an advisory board member for the Bank of North Dakota. So he's not only a Republican National Committee man, but he's also a banker. Uh, and Commissioner of the Northern Great Plains Rural Development Commission. Uh, in 2008, he set up an unsuccessful run for chairman of the Republican National Committee. Anyway, he's a rule man for the Republican Party, and it's important to note that. Now, he was uh, <clears throat> he made a startling admission recently on uh, one of these uh, shows. Curly, let me ask you, if Donald Trump heads into the nomination, maybe he's short of the 1237 required, if you give it to someone who has a much lesser percentage of the voters who have actually turned out from these primaries, don't you worry that you are going to just send chaos and anger into the Trump supporters and to the people who feel like their votes don't matter? No, I don't think that's the case once it's, it, you know, if it would just be understood. We have a problem with the media. <laughs> Unfortunately, the cable networks are trying I, to determine I don't, think, I don't think this is a problem with the media. I've heard from a lot of voters <laughs> who say if they feel like their votes got stolen, that they would be very unhappy and very angry. I, I think you're looking at a different situation. I realize these have been the rules, but the last time these rules were put in place was 1976. It's been a long time since then. Yeah, they're still there. Yeah, that's a problem. The the uh, the media has created the perception that the voters will decide the nomination, and that's the concept. That's the conflict here. We we the feel like we is, live in a democratic society. What you're telling me is it's not a democratic society, and your votes don't right. necessarily matter because it's a democratic representation. Correct? No, that's not what I'm trying to tell you. What I'm trying to say is that there's a we're just one of the political parties. There's many political parties, but political parties choose their nominee, not the general public. Uh, contrary to popular belief. Then why bother holding the primaries? That's a very good question. <laughs>
Can you believe this? Why bother holding a primary? Well, I'll tell you why. It's to deceive the public into thinking they really have a say in who the party chooses as a candidate. That's why. So, yes, it is a media problem, but it is also a it is also a party problem. This is a deliberate effort to deceive the American people. Anyway, uh, we have John in Tennessee on the line right now. I'll go ahead and take his call. John, good morning. Hey, Karen. Hi. Uh, I'm calling to answer the question. Okay. Are you talking directly into your phone? Yeah. Okay, that's Can better. Can you hear me? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Well, it was just answered. Basically, with what you said with Trump, where he said our side. I think what they want to do, Darren, is make it known that it's all a farce. Just like this commentator said, the woman that was speaking, she said, you know, this is going to cause a problem. People are going to be very upset, maybe even to the point of, uh, you know, the R word, to where they say, what do you mean it's been a lie? What do you mean we don't choose our candidates? Which is what you and I and others have been saying for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, we hear about it. Someone's elected president, and for four years, we hear a countdown, whether it's Bush or whether it's Obama, 1,260-some days until we get the bum out of office. And then you'll have a third-party or a fourth-party candidate, and you'll hear the people on mainstream news say, well, he can't win. It's a two-party system, and you'll hear about this isolation because they don't want to surrender control not only of the people, the control of the process to control the people. So I think I think that's it. They they want people to realize you've been lied to. Your voting machines have been hacked. Even when it was paper ballots, it was you know it doesn't matter who casts the vote. It's who counts the vote. Yep. And your election commission in your county counts the vote, and you're not there. They could tell you I mean anything. Yeah, and they do. And I think they want it. You know they they want. An uprising. You got to have chaos to bring about uh, order out of chaos. You, you got to have the chaos, and I think that's what they're doing. Well, I don't even they're think at this point, John. I don't think that they're even going to have chaos. You know, unless unless they decided to pull the plug on the American economy, which uh, you know I've got some information here. Uh, you know, again, conspiracy theorists vindicated again. Because, you know, we've been screaming about how these, uh, this economy is not sustainable. The monetary system isn't sustainable. Now we've got banks coming out all the time, big banks, you know, saying, hey, you know, this is not good. We're headed toward a disaster. I mean, <laughs> it's just remarkable to me. You know, uh, if people would pay attention to even just what the media says anymore, what the establishment is telling you, if you know how to watch it, they tell you the truth sometimes. You just got to be able to be good at deciphering what they're saying. I don't even think that you've got to be that good anymore at, at, you know, deciphering, because they're saying it. I said it. I said it in 2009. It's the end game. They mm -hmm. don't care if you know or not. Stop me if you can. Catch me if you can. And and they really don't believe that they're going to be stopped. It's it's a you know, no holds barred. The game is on. And they're going to push until something happens. Right. They, they really, you know, it, it, that's just the way it is. We're at the end of this uh, game that has been the American government. 
You know, I've known you since 08. You've been saying it since 08 that I'm aware of, and probably long before that, like all of the rest of us. Yep. And and the media, is, you know, they're they're coming around, but like I was told by a host here in Nashville years ago when I asked him a point-blank question, it's not time for that yet, John. So apparently there's a schedule that they're keeping that they're aware of, and every so often the tongue slips, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and they just can't help but tell the truth. It's, it is whether or not, you know, are you listening? Yeah. You know, are your ears open? Well, they're telling a lot of truth today, aren't they? They are. The unfortunate thing is, having ears they hear not, having eyes they see not, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, you know, it's where your heart's at is what you're going to want to believe. If you're in this world and you're living to gain what the world has to offer, you know, there's nothing wrong with having stuff. But if your stuff has you, it's time that you put it down because you can't serve two masters. Well, the stuff you need to be having today are, are maybe some freeze-dried food or some canned food, extra food, extra candles, uh, you know, things to prepare for the grid going down. Uh, you need to do some preps. Uh, to whatever degree that you can, uh, and because, well, I'm, I'm hearing an awful lot about the grid, too. Uh, you know, uh, we, we've had some information, so, you know, some guy was uh, putting, you know, bombs on the power lines from recent days. I'm reminded of uh, how Jan Janet Napolitano, when she left the Department of Homeland Security, was uh, warning people that a cyber attack against the power grid, uh, uh, she called it a cyber 9-11, was was only a matter of when, not if. And then we had Ted Koppel making the rounds not too long ago when we played audio from him about the, you know him warning that lights out, you know we're going to have the grid go down. And so you know these people are establishment people. They know what the, what the game I is. Think, I don't think they're warning, Darren. I don't think they're warning. No, they're, they're telling, telling. They're telling people. They're telling people <laughs> they're just telling like they're telling you now that your elections are rigged. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, specifically, specifically, they're telling their friends and their cronies and the other elite. I mean, they, and they, they, most of them have known it. There are some, apparently, uh, either, either uh, you know, this uh, nitwit, what's his name, the one that's running for president that we're talking about. I tell you, I can't even remember his name. Who, Bernie Sanders? Or, uh... the guy that, no, the, the you're fired guy. Oh, uh, Donald Trump, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, Donald Trump is either naive or he's well coached. If he is just now as a as a multi billionaire, just now figuring out that the that the election is rigged, he's either naive or he's working a perfect script to bring the ignorant masses into the realization that your government is really your government. They're, they're your controllers. They're going to control the thoughts of your mind. So for him to, to not know it, I, I don't buy it, man. And I think that he is a spoiler. He is someone that is there with the intent and the design to get the other side in. He doesn't care if it's Hillary. He doesn't care if it's Bernie. Mm -hmm. And now you got this thing going around uh, Facebook where Bernie Sanders is pictured behind Martin Luther King. So because he was pictured behind King in a photograph, he must be a good guy. He's been standing for us 
for all these years, you know, so it's not... <laughs> the people that are doing this post don't even know who Bernie Sanders was in the 60s. Right. But yeah, they, you know, I, you know and, and then and why, is, why is this communist, Bernie Sanders, why is he so popular? Because he, he's got a lot of support from young people. You know, young people don't understand, don't know the roots of communism, don't know the history of communism, and they're certainly not being taught this in college, where all these gray-haired Marxist professors operate. All they know is that they're, they're, they're thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. And, and, and here's a guy that's going to promise to pay this off, that's going to promise to give free college to everybody, just like the scumbag communist red in the White House promised to uh, give everybody free health care. Oh, man. Well, in, People in need to see honesty, through this stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, but in all honesty, it doesn't matter if it's a, a Bush, a Clinton, a Reagan, a Sanders, an Obama. Romney. It just it really doesn't no, it really does not matter who the president is. It's just a matter of you know, I, I explained it this way the day before yesterday. Bernie here's Bernie Sanders is like, look, get on the bus, we're three days late. We had a schedule be over the cliff three days ago. Get on the bus now. Hillary is get on the bus, we're going over the cliff. If you don't like it tough, get on the bus. Any mm -hmm. Republican is look we're getting on the bus, and we're going to go over the cliff. But on the way, I'm going to show you the USA. We're going to the Everglades. You ever been to Yellowstone? Hey, we're going to go see the Statue of Slavery in New York Harbor, and they're going to give you a beautiful, scenic, loving trip that you're going to pay for on your way to the cliff. Yep. You know, everyone else just, well, they're all wanting to go to the cliff. They all want to drive the bus just a matter of, how fast you get there. They all want to take you there. And you really don't have a choice. If you listen, folks, and I believe this just as well as I know my name, if you're voting for president, believing with any idea that you have anything to do with who sits on Pennsylvania Avenue and Washington, D.C., if you really believe that you are doing anything to put anyone in that Oval Office, in Satan City, you've been dropped on your head one too many times. And I hate to sound mean. It's just the truth. You do not elect your president. So, you know, give it up. Yep, exactly. Participate. Go play in a rigged poker game. Lose your money. Lose your life. Lose your future. Your grandkids. Your great, great, great grandkids' future. Go vote. Well, that's about how much effect you're going to have. If you know the dice. With mode, the exception of the local elections, one thing I will say, John, and we have another caller on the line, but uh, one thing I will say is that uh, it's worthwhile to, to show up and vote in local things. Uh, sometimes there are local issues, uh, local proposals, state proposals, uh, you know, that are worthy of uh, of. of, of you know, casting a ballot, you know, about, um, especially like unless, millages unless and things. Of course, for... your local, unless it's local Detroit or local Chicago, I would agree with you. If it's Chicago, Detroit, New York, Tallahassee, Nashville, you know, St. Louis, state, man, local elections, are you kidding me? Coleman Young, when I lived in Detroit, was, was mayor for like 26 years. 
Well, come to find out, he owned the machines that counted the votes. Yeah. So how's he going to lose? Yeah, Coleman Young was a Answer, real... He won't. He'll die before he loses. Yep, exactly. Well, All listen, right. John... I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate you calling in. Thank you very much. Uh, let's move along here, and I don't know who this caller is, but we'll go ahead and take him. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Who do yes. we have? Yes, Kent from West Virginia. Hey, Kent. How you I doing? I think uh, Americans now are getting a... Of course, for, you know, decades now... Uh, the United States has been uh, sponsoring elections and quote-unquote elections around the world in these foreign countries, and um, you know they have their candidates. They you know they expect the people to vote for, and when they don't vote for those candidates, then they conveniently have a coup or uh, an assassination or something. Exactly. So uh, in, in, you're allowed to have a vote, except you're only allowed to vote for who you're allowed to vote for. And that's, their people are just now seeing it right in front of their face, you know, uh, here in the United States. And uh, so whether they can connect, connect what's happening here to what the United States has been doing around the world for decades or not, I don't know, but... Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because uh, I, I don't think Trump's a talking horse. I think Trump is really thinks he wants to be president. I mean, he's got there's videos of him on Oprah like 20, 25 years ago where he's been talking like that. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, and my opinion of it is um, this idea of making America great again. Now, you know, you know, very few of us are historians. I'm not. And, you know, people only have uh, the greatness of America in, in their living memory. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that is, that is in the 50s and 60s when the economy was just booming and the, the core industry and the steel and everything. And that was a consequence of the Second World War where the manufacturing capacity of Europe was destroyed and Japan and Asia and basically the United States was the manufacturing engine of the world to a large extent. And in the you know, generation, decades since then, you know, Germany and Japan recovered and China has come on. And, and so now the only way to make America great again in the context of the uh, you know, our living memory of people, you know, say, wouldn't it make great again? is to have another war and destroy everything. And uh, hopefully America comes out and then we can uh, supply the world with all the manufacturing needs. So. Well, that seems to be what where they're headed, uh, Kent, because uh, yeah. i got to tell you, uh, the provocation that I see going on with especially Russia and uh, maybe to some to lesser degree China, but, uh, you know, China certainly has their, they really are a threat, and yet we're letting them in which is just remarkable to me. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of provocation that the State Department is doing with the Russians, and now some of the Russians are doing, you know, they're, they're kind of starting to get a little bit aggressive back, uh, showing displays, uh, you know, with their warplanes over our ships at sea and things like this. I mean, I, I think there comes a point at which uh, the people who are, you know, are in these other countries that have been uh, bullied long enough by our military and the, um, the the maneuvers of the State Department, you know, m manipulating everything worldwide and certainly using our military as as a big giant global bully. 
at some point they have enough. They're t- they're sick of it. They grow tired of it. And so uh, what happens when that takes place? I mean, you've got the Russians now. I think they're pouring more money into their military. We know China is. We know they're actively building up their military. And so these other powers are um, are at some point, I think, going to challenge us. What do you think? Well, yeah, I think it's inevitable. I don't <laughs> Uh, it, whether they challenge us or whether they uh, there's a provocation and they respond and it's taken as a challenge, which is you know normally how it happens. But we have to look at the size. Of, now we don't know about the black budget, of course, but I mean if we look at this, the size of the military budget. But when uh, when you look at these weapon systems like this F-35, which is uh, gazillions of dollars, and it, it, by all accounts it's you know very ineffective. Right. And so, I mean... Total disaster. Russian jets, yeah, and the Russian jets, by all accounts, are really razzle-dazzle. I mean, you know, people really think they're, you know, got some really razzle-dazzle, very effective machinery, and they seem to be like uh, at the tenth of the cost of what, you know, the the scams. So probably as a a dollar value of defense expenditure probably isn't a true measure Really, a, a totally true measure, you know, because mm-hmm. you know if you're if you're spending, uh, you know, ten billion dollars or t- a trillion dollars on stuff that you really is only worth about a hundred billion or something, you know, maybe, you know, who knows, you know, but um, I think you know it's going, we're going to find out probably one of these days. You know? Yeah, well, that's what I'm concerned about. And you know, let's never forget the possibility of a false flag operation. You know. Uh, that they can blame on the Russians or some other power oh, to, yeah. to kickstart the war, which is w- the way every other war has, has has really started in recent history. Oh yeah, you know. So oh yeah, you've got you've got you've got to believe that there's probably about ten uh, pros, you know plots on the board. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of things in the works. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. And you look at China now. If you think back. There's a, a little bit of history I do know a little bit about. I know that the J- Japan at the time, back in the 1800s, was a lord of a closing. You know, they'd mind their own business, and you know, and the United States sent gunboats in there and mm-hmm. Dewey and forced them to open up and trade. And of course, and then Japan, you know, being very industrious, they became a powerhouse and went out searching for you know resources. And then, well, then the United States, well, you get too big for your Britain, and they started to deny them resources. And the same thing happened with China. You know, Japan, China was minding their own business, and the United States went in there, Kissinger, and demanded that they, you know, participate in this economic machinery, and and uh, so they did, and, and they need resources, and now the United States is trying to deny them resources, and, and now they're setting them up for, you know, baiting them for, you know, these little islands or something. So it's just, you know, there's a case where history seems to be repeating itself, so. Yep. You know, they, they it, it worked in the Second World War, and I guess they, you know, they figured they were going to do it again. Well, they're certainly not going to do anything to really take a peaceful path at rebuilding our economy, that's for sure. I mean, uh, all you have to do, yeah, obviously, they have planned for the destruction of our, our nation with these free trade agreements, which uh, put the United States at a, at a strategic disadvantage. And I harp on this a lot because... Uh, it's such a blatant, in-your-face thing that 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 they're pulling off these politicians uh, that I don't know how anybody can't see it. 
And I think that a lot of people do see it because one thing I've learned is that uh, once it's your ox that's gored, it's kind of hard not to see it. You know, somebody said uh, that a depression is when, or a, a recession is when your neighbor loses their job. A depression is when you lose yours. And uh, that's about true. Yeah, there you go. Well, listen, Ken, thank you very much for calling in. God bless you. Okay. All right. Thanks. Yep. Bye bye. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I did want to say about the uh, about the phone hybrid. Uh, it's kind of noisy. We're working on trying to come up with some kind of solution for that. Uh, I believe we have this uh, JK Audio broadcast host, which has always, uh, for some reason, been been noisy on the phone lines. And we're we're exploring other options. Uh, we may end up getting a, a different telephone hybrid altogether uh, to. Uh, to try to clean that up some. So just to let you know, it, the noise on the line there, uh, we are working on that, try to come up with some kind of solution. Anyway, moving along here, uh, we're almost at the top of the hour, and I don't know if these breaks are going to play or not, but uh, in the meantime, we see uh, from Zero Hedge, actually, uh, yeah, I think it is Zero Hedge, Bernanke's former advisor. Speaking of truth, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the establishment opening the door letting you know all the stuff that's going on that they've been hiding from you for years. That the whack job conspiracy theorists, you know, people like myself, but others as well have been telling you. And for that, we were ridiculed. People rolled their eyes. And yet now we're being vindicated every single day. Here we see from Tyler Durden, Bernanke's former advisor. Yes, this is a former advisor to Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen. He says people would be stunned to know the extent to which the Fed is privately owned. Ah, it triggered. Isn't that amazing? They're admitting now that the Federal Reserve is privately owned. Stay with us. We're top of the hour break, and we'll continue on the other side. This is Govern America. Please don't go away. have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. 
375-4188. Call now. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. We're here in the Antarctic where Amazing Alan will jump off this cliff with nothing to prevent him from hitting the icy water below but this thread attached to his Bermuda shorts. Uh, guys, what happened to the industrial strength bungee cord? Alan, this thread illustrates how most people put their trust in doing good deeds to get to heaven. Well, I'd rather trust a huge bungee cord. A bungee cord would be more representative of God's ability to save you. Well, why don't we illustrate trusting in God instead of trusting our good deeds? Then we wouldn't need a stuntman. Oh, well, this thread awfully small. And so are our good deeds compared to a holy and perfect God. Okay, let's go. Was well, this thread tied on tight? Wait, wait! Oh! <laughs> okay, let's lower the bungee cord to get him out. Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. Have you accepted his gift of forgiveness? Or are you still trying to earn it? Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com. America, hour number two, as it continues to be the 16th of April, 2016, and greetings to all the folks in the chat room at chat.governamerica.com, and the other uh, chat rooms that are out there as well. 
Uh, greetings to the folks at the American Voice Radio Network and UCY.TV. Glad to have you along, as well as all of the micro stations and all the operators of the micro stations. We appreciate everything that all of you do to distribute the program. Thank you so much. And thank you, the listener, for showing up and uh, caring about our country because uh, certainly it needs healing. We need healing in this land. We need people actively working for solutions. And increasingly, solutions need to be done on a local level. As we see now, admitting, they're admitting that uh, the elections are rigged in the media. And this is what we've been talking about in the first hour. Uh, Continuing on here, uh, you know, speaking of admitting things and revealing the truth to the American people, you know, the thought comes to my mind. Something that my friend, good friend Mark in Texas, many of you folks remember uh, Mark. He calls in from time to time, shares his opinion. He's even co-hosted with us. But he uh, he had a uh, a comment one time that just keeps resonating through my mind. Whenever you watch a movie, the very last thing that the perpetrator of a crime, the villain does, the the very last thing the villain does before he kills his victim is telling the truth. Now, how much truth, again, has been revealed in recent days? The NSA spying thing, uh, the banking thing, how the banks, the processes are rigged, the Wall Street is rigged, it's corrupt. Uh, We've got now zero hedge. I just shared before the break. Bernanke's former advisor, Bernanke and Yellen, saying now people would be stunned to know the extent to which the Fed is privately owned. Tyler Durden at Zero Head says, with every passing day, the Fed is slowly but surely losing the game. Only it is not just former, and in some cases current, Fed presidents admitting central banks are increasingly powerless to boost the global economy. We've talked on this show, we've played audio from some of these people, folks, about how they, they come out and admit that they're out of ideas. They don't know what they're doing. We're in uncharted territory, they say. And I think they have their little uh, magic hat that they keep trying to pull little magic rabbits out of. Little things, and you got to give them credit. They've been able to milk this thing for all it's worth, as much as they possibly can. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, the days are numbered. There's only so much that a fiat money monetary system can only go on so long. The only reason this one has lasted as long as it has is the the Bretton Woods Agreement, which enabled the United States Federal Reserve System, this funny money Ponzi scheme, to export our inflation to the rest of the world. Consequently, we've uh, been able to go a little longer than other fiat monetary systems. But the game, just like the elections, are rigged. Time is running out. What's going to happen when time runs out? You folks better be prepared. He goes on to say, what is far more insidious to the Fed's waning credibility is when former economists affiliated with the Fed start repeating mantras that until recently were only a prominent feature in the so-called fringe media. Yeah, you know, the conspiracy theorists. This is precisely what happened today when former central bank staffer and Dartmouth 
college economics professor Andrew Levin, special advisor to then Federal Reserve Ben Bernanke, uh, between 2010 and 2012, joined with an activist group to argue for overhauls at the central bank that they say would distance it from from Wall Street and make its achieve, uh, activities more transparent and accountable to the public. Levin is pressing for the overhaul with fed-up coalition activists. Many of the proposed changes target the 12 regional Federal Reserve banks, which are quasi-private and technically owned and commercial, by commercial banks in their respective districts. All of that is not surprising. What he said to justify his newfound cause, however, is, quote, now again, this Federal Reserve official, he says a lot of people would be stunned to know the extent to which the Federal Reserve is privately owned. The Fed should be a fully public institution just like every other central bank in the developed world. He said in a conference call announcing his plan, he described his proposals as sensible, pragmatic, and nonpartisan. <clears throat> what this sounds like to me, ladies and gentlemen, is this is revealing truth because they plan to do away with this banking system. We know, now, we've had tech, uh, Pat Wood on the show. We've talked about technocracy rising, his book. We've talked about how the new monetary unit they plan is the technate. We've seen banks around the world pushing for the end of cash. Now let's take all these little fragments and put them together to see what form, what picture they form. I think... The economic collapse, the planned economic calamity is very close, listeners. Now, I'm not trying to alarm people. But when you have big banks warning of huge economic calamities, you have to pay attention. When you have Federal Reserve officials saying that the Federal Reserve needs to be reformed, what does that tell you? It means that the establishment is pushing their predetermined solution, their predetermined outcome. All of a sudden, what did this guy have, a come-to-Jesus moment? All of a sudden, did he just somehow get religion and decide to have truth? Or is he a part of the establishment that's pushing the new solution? He's going to expose the old system because they want to do away with the old system. And how do they get there? It's through economic calamity, order out of chaos, listeners. That's what I think is going on here. Uh, we see from Liberty Blitzkrieg, Michael Krieger. Goldman Sachs settlement is an abomination and insult to all American citizens. See, we have now... Uh, big banks, again, corrupt. The whole system is rot with corruption. Why do we have this? Well, gee, hmm, maybe it's because when criminals aren't punished, listeners, criminals get more emboldened and do more things. In this case, the federal government is rewarding the criminals because they sit down with these scumbags in suits and say, hey, instead of prosecuting you, or better yet, hanging you from a short rope from a high tree, which is what they used to do to corrupt bankers, maybe instead we'll just sit down and negotiate a settlement so we can share in the bounty of your thievery. So there's no incentive 
for these corrupt scumbag creeps to change their ways. You know, I don't know about you, but if I was doing something wrong and I saw somebody uh, doing the very thing that I was doing wrong, uh, swinging from a tree, you know, I might get some second thoughts about doing what I'm doing. I might think, hmm, gee, you know, that could be me there. But that doesn't happen anymore. If I make a billion dollars off of a faulty deal, and then I got the feds knocking at my door saying, hey, how many millions are you going to pay us of that? Give us, Cut us? Let us in on a little cut of that action. Then you say, okay, well, I guess this is just the cost of doing business now, isn't it? Uh, Krieger says the the American public should be out in the streets by the hundreds of thousands demanding the resignation of President Barack Obama in response to the total sham settlement just announced by the U.S. government with Goldman Sachs. This farce should be seen for what it really is, a gigantic establishment middle finger waving contemptuously in the face of of the reliably neutered and long-suffering American public. Very well put, Michael. A criminal financial organization that engaged in billions upon billions in fraud against the Muppet public is once again getting off with barely a slap on the wrist, and nobody's going to do a thing about it. As I've said for years and years, until the public says enough is enough, nothing is going to change. I suppose that's simply not going to happen until the next economic downturn, which could emerge in earnest any day now. Now, keep in mind, listeners, uh, how the uh, Homeland Security Department some years ago uh, um, just absolutely uh, loading up on hollow point bullets and all this other, all these federal agencies arming themselves to the teeth even as Barack Obama is trying to disarm you, even as they're organizing false flag events to try to convince you, the American people, now, of course, it's not working, but they they try to say, hey, look at this. People are going wild with their guns, shooting places up. You're not safe anywhere. Give us the guns. Give us the guns. Let us make more gun laws, gun control. Let's chip away at it. We need technocratic guns, smart guns, listeners. Maybe they can even be connected to the smart grid so we can remote control them. These are ideas that are being pushed by tyrants. Uh, He says, a criminal financial organization that engaged in billions upon billions of fraud against the Muppet public, once again getting off with barely a slap on the wrist. David Dayen knows about as much about this issue as anyone, and he just penned a scathing assessment of this perversion of justice at the New Republic. Here's a few excerpts from his piece, Why the Goldman Sachs Settlement is a $5 billion sham. He says, this lack of accountability for Wall Street and the perception of a two-tier justice system gnaws away at Americans' trust. By now, the Goldman Sachs settlement Sanders referred to has been finalized. I'm sorry to say that he was wrong. If you're an executive on Wall Street who destroys the American economy, you don't pay a $5 billion fine. You pay much, much less. In fact, you can make a credible case that Goldman won't pay a fine at all. 
They will merely send a cut of profits from long-ago fraudulent activity to a shakedown artist, also known as U.S. law enforcement. Goldman Sachs made for the uh, $2 billion on the sale of mortgage-backed securities, by the way. There's a list from uh, settlement documents, which I will put this article in the show notes, which has a link to the list of all the securitizations they issued that, th- that are covered by the settlement. It comes to roughly 530 securitizations, each of which typically held a billion dollars in loans. I wouldn't insult Goldman's money-earning prowess by suggesting it only made $2 billion in profit on $530 billion in mortgage-backed securities. So even if you think Goldman is paying some kind of penalty, at best, it's a cut of the profits, which is just what I said. And this is how things are done today, listeners. Partners in crime, the corporations, the banks, they're all partners in crime. Here we see from The Guardian. (laughs) Remarkable. Mainstream, listeners. The Guardian out of the UK. U.S. banks not prepared for another financial crisis, say federal regulators. Well, gee, hmm, I wonder why they're not prepared. You would think that they might get ready. You would think that they might actually care. Why would you think that? There's no consequences to not being ready. As a matter of fact, there's an incentive. They have an incentive to be criminal. The incentive is, hey, they can keep raking in the cash, baby. Good times are here, even as the Rust Belt continues to deteriorate. The American people continue to try to feed themselves. Uh, They say in this Guardian piece, Federal Reserve and FDIC reject living wills of Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and three others that don't meet the requirements to avoid another bailout. Some of the biggest U.S. banks still lack a proper plan for bankruptcy in the event of another major financial crisis, U.S. regulators said on Wednesday. And why are U.S. regulators flapping their gums? They're U.S. regulators. Don't they have the ability to do something about this? Quit flapping your gums, U.S. regulators, and regulate. If they don't have a proper plan for bankruptcy, it's your fault. Because you haven't held their feet to the fire. You see this crap going on here, listeners? And I ask you, folks, where is the outrage? Where is the outrage among the American people? They're stealing everything from you. Why are you not outraged? They say, in the wake of the Great Recession banks, we're required to come up with living wills to prove that they had a credible plan for bankruptcy that would not require another bailout from the taxpayers. But after reviewing the plans of five institutions, and hey, guess who they are, folks? The usual suspects, J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Bank of New York Mellon, and Street, State Street Corporation. The Federal Reserve and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation have determined that the banks have yet to meet that requirement. Thomas Honig, FDIC vice chairman, says, quote, 
the goal to end too big to fail and protect the American taxpayers by ending bailouts remains just that. It's only a goal, unquote. Well, listeners, that's the way it always is going to be. Because the regulators are in the pockets of those whom they regulate. Gosh, golly gee, man. I guess it must take a rocket scientist to figure this out. The banks are to submit revised proposals by October 1st. According to feedback from the regulators, one of the main concerns with J.P. Morgan's proposal was the bank's liquidity in the time of need. Regulators were concerned the bank would not be able to shift money around to fund some of the operations uh, during the time of stress or bankruptcy. A Marine Lake, J.P. Morgan's chief financial officer, says, obviously, we're disappointed. Oh, yeah, we're so... We just... The most important thing is that we work with our regulators to understand... Our regulators, they say, to understand their feedback in more detail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're doing the best we can here. We're so disappointed that we can't do more. Yeah. Bank of <coughs> Excuse me. Bank of America also needs better processes for establishing its liquidity needs, the regulators said. And while Wells Fargo was deemed to have firm wide, high quality liquid assets, regulators raised concern over quality control, senior management, oversight and recovery and resolutions planning staffing. I don't know how much more of this I can take. They're stealing your wealth, folks. This is this is organized crime with a gold-fringed flag on the wall. That's exactly what this is. Organized crime with a gold-fringed flag on the wall. Here we see from the Telegraph. Another UK production, listeners. Mainstream. World faces lost year. As policymakers sleepwalk towards fresh crisis, warns IMF. Well, gee, I guess there's a bunch of conspiracy theorists at the IMF now, isn't there? The International Monetary Fund. An arm of the global establishment. Apparently, all the IMF people now have been taken over by the conspiracy theorists because they're telling you, hey, economic crisis is coming. Now, the only thing I'd have thought with here is the fact that they say it's going to be a lost year. No, folks, make no mistake. The next depression that happens is going to be many, 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 many years. Many years. Because you know why? Because they've got to make you desperate enough, hungry enough, starving enough to take anything, any solution. Including the mark of the beast. You don't think these, ca- the, the, these banks calling for a cashless system, you don't think that's where they're headed with this? No, because let me tell you something. They want to chip all of their slaves. They want to shove a branding iron into your skin, folks. They consider you their property. And if you lay down, you will be. The Telegraph, the world is sleepwalking into a fresh crisis. As investors start to lose faith 
in policymakers' ability to revive the global economy, according to the International Monetary Fund. In its bluntest warning to date on the costs of policy inaction. Now, what do you what what do you what do you think? What kind of action are we talking about here? Because we just heard from a former, quote-unquote, federal official, Federal Reserve official, an advisor to the scumbag creep Bernanke and the present scumbag creep Yellen, because you don't get to that position without being a scumbag creep. This advisor to chairmen of the Fed is pushing for a change at the Fed. Reforms, listeners. This tells me that they want to change, drastically change things. They do. The people that are doing it to you, they're going to be pushing the solution. Now, what do you think that solution is going to be? Is it going to lead to freedom? Is it going to lead to privacy? Is it going to lead to your ability to feed your family in a more efficient way? Why would you think that for a second when it's being pushed by the same criminal cartel that has given you the poverty that exists in America today? So they're pushing. You know, he says, this, this is a warning to date, the bluntest warning on the costs of policy inaction. They want something done. The IMF said financial and economic stagnation. Financial and economic stagnation could take hold unless governments prevented a pernicious feedback loop of fragile confidence, weaker growth, low inflation, low inflation, because see, they like, they like inflation, and rising debt burdens from forming. Uh, Jose Vinales, the head of the IMF's Financial Stability Division, said a prolonged showdown could knock around 4% off global output relative to current expectations over the next five years amid repeated bouts of market turmoil. Mr. Vernals said a $1.3 trillion corporate debt time bomb in China also posed potentially serious challenges to financial stability if defaults push banks over the edge. The IMF's Global Financial Stability Report said a loss of market confidence, quote-unquote, would drag global bonuses into a bear market. <clears throat> they go on to talk about China. Uh rising risks of slower growth from China, and why are we dependent upon China? Because they've made us dependent upon China. Again, free trade agreements. The WTO. Anyway, moving along here. And if you think that, oh, well, these are just a few bankers warning you. No, folks. Here we see from Paul Joseph Watson, panicked elite buying bomb-proof luxury survival bunkers to escape civil unrest and disasters. Apparently, the underground shelters are, are a big boon. There's your big boon industry. There's what you need to go. If you don't have a job, find a way to get these big underground shelters. Find a way to go to work for a company building these. 
because apparently these are the hot commodity today. Underground shelters protect high net worth individuals from the general public. They say panicked members of the elite are buying luxury bomb-proof underground survivor bunkers because they fear mass civil unrest may be on the horizon. Uh, The company behind the construction of the sprawling complexes, Vivos, seems like we've talked about them before. I think I remember that name. Says the facilities are for the protection of high net worth individuals in the event of an apocalyptic style scenarios during which millions will perish or worse yet struggle to survive as victims. Well, gee, hmm, I thought that, well, that was just a realm of conspiracy fringe kook nutcases. And yet we have uh, a company that's building shelters for establishment elitists, you know, extremely high net worth people saying, oh, well, we're, we're having a big business right now. We're just building these shelters, and they're just flying off the shelf like hotcakes. What's going on here, folks? Where will you go when pandemonium strikes? Ask a promo for the luxury shelters. The biggest facility called Europa One is located in Germany and is one of the most fortified and massive underground survival shelters on Earth, deep below a limestone mountain, and is safely secured from the general public behind sealed and secured walls, gates, and blast doors. Journalist Lynn Paramore said she also visited another site in India, or Indiana, excuse me, Indiana? Gee, that's right here in the U.S., isn't it? Indiana? Seems like I remember a state called Indiana. Yeah. Uh, Which is a former Cold War communications facility. Uh, Built during the Cold War to withstand a 20-megaton blast. Within just a few miles, this impervious underground complex accommodates up to 80 people for a minimum of one year of fully autonomous tr- survival without needing to, sur- to return to the surface, states a promo for the bunker on the Vivo's website. I wish I had uh, pulled the audio from these, uh, from these videos. Uh, but this is important because we see that they are <laughs> preparing for something, listeners. They're preparing for something. Uh, I missed the break. I'll tell you what. I'm just going to keep going through the break. Because I've got a lot of material. But you are welcome to call in if you want to. Uh, The number is uh, 1-844-646-8376. Appreciate the callers we've already had. 1-844-646-8376. Or you can remember it by going 1-844-6-GOVERN. Toll free. 1-844-6-GOVERN. Moving along here, we see, oh, yeah, Puerto Rico's in trouble. Yeah, we've talked about Puerto Rico before. And Puerto Rico apparently is very heavily indebted to gas. Oh, yeah, those Wall Street banks, they're too big to fail, too big to jail. Yeah, so uh, now we have a bill in Congress designed to, well, Bail out Puerto Rico. Gee. Only Speaker Paul Ryan blasted Wall Street investors on Wednesday 
as he tried to tamp down conservative discontent with a bill to assist Puerto Rico. The GOP leader charged that, quote, special money interest groups on Wall Street, unquote, are trying to sabotage the legislation by billing it as a bailout. Well, gee, hmm. Let's see. It's a bill to help Puerto Rico. Uh, I would classify that as a bailout, Mr. Ryan. He goes on to say uh, that the government will be forced to actually bail out the island if Congress fails to act, predicting massive defaults on its bonds. Massive defaults. Now, what is this going to do, listeners, to the economy? When all the big banks fail. The setup, listeners, is clearly in place. You've got... I've just shared with you story after story after story of potential economic calamity taking place here. Uh, I think everyone needs to be paying attention. We've got a caller on the line. You're welcome to call in as well. 1-844-646-8376. That's 1-844-646-8376. Toll free. And let's go ahead and go to the phones. Hello, caller. You're on the line. Who, who do we have? Hi, Dan in Kentucky. Hi, Darren. Great show as always. Hey, Dan. How are you doing? Great, great. Uh, considering, I tell you, um, this is a dire situation, and it bothers me also that people uh, don't react, and I think a lot of them don't know what to do. But a lot of common sense things put it in perspective. Everybody knows that a bully always backs down. And then you have to back a bully down. Right. That's the only way to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Also, um, it just came out in the news that Deutsche Bank has made a settlement and is helping the government to testify and giving them instant messages and all texts and all kinds of information to prosecute Barclays and HSBC on gold and silver manipulation. Hmm. So here's an example of uh, the thieves beginning to fight each other because this is an evil agenda and evil always rots itself and the thieves always turn on each other. This is explained very well in one of the best books I've ever read called Controversy of Zion. Mm-hmm. It's by Douglas Reed. He's a South African correspondent during World War One and World War Two, And his book is so good that uh, he couldn't get a publisher for 22 years after he wrote it. Yep. But it explains a lot of this satanic agenda going back hundreds at least, you know, a couple thousand years. And one way that they do this is, of course, the Hegelian dialectic, which you talk about all the time. Right. So that means that when people hear there are two options, um, immediately they can think, well, there's more than two options. Good things come in threes, and God works in Trinity. So, you know, there are always other options, but automatically I think if people would realize that you have to back down bullies um, that everything we hear is a lie that the devil is the father of lies who's doing it and um, to realize that we need to approach things in threes and not in twos the way this 
is presented to us because they do um, problem reaction solutions mm-hmm. and they use the Hegelian dialectic and when you throw a third thing in there, uh, you know, you can often get to the truth between them. Yeah. Well, you know, as far as the banks turning on each other, that is, that is interesting, although Honestly, I'll be more encouraged when I start seeing some of these uh, these executives uh, put in handcuffs and hauled away. You know, I mean, Iceland... <laughs> well, that's what they're doing in Iceland. Well, that's what they, they did in Iceland, but actually they're letting them out now, Dan. We just covered on last week's show. Yeah, they're letting them out. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Because they want to, well, Iceland is getting into the international investment business again. They want to do it all over again, like they lost all the money in 2008. So that's why that happened. But, um, you know, everybody's going to have this fight because it's all good and evil, and that's why we're here. And, you know, the rabbit's out of the hat, like you mentioned. You know, when you create money out of thin air, that's black magic. Yep, it sure is. And we've got the blackest magicians, and I'm not talking about skin color. I'm talking about their souls uh, in, in operation they're right now. The world. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, they're running the world. They're running the world, and that's the battle between. And they calculate how much uh, blowback they could avoid by postponing consequences on us whom they try to make victims. But... That's why consequences are extremely important. We wouldn't raise our children without consequences. How come they don't have any? That's a good you question. Know, these are just basic common sense things that people uh, need to uh, to hold back because these are the truths. The truths of God never change. Yep, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that, uh, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, I want to see these executives hauled away. You know, and I don't think it's going to happen unless the American people. Uh, figure out a way to get regulators in there to get real people at the Justice Department. See, and that's the problem is is, is we've neglected for so long to be involved, to care enough. You know, we've left politics to the uh, professionals, and this is what these professionals have done to us. You know, uh, so consequently, the whole thing is wrong. Local level. Well, that's true. And even on the local level, uh, uh, even like Common Core, they're pushing Common Core where there's not going to be any local school boards anymore. So people think they have input. Oh, yeah, I have time to go to my school board. No, it's going to be a nationally, internationally UN-run school board system with Common Core. It's a communist system, and it always has been. So people better get involved in their little areas. I can tell you one thing. Um, we're in a co-op here, and uh, you've had uh, Baker's Green Acres on before. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, Mark Baker up north, yeah, uh, sure. Mor- yeah, Morningstein and Rossum Cheese and all that. Do you know that Louisville is the only victory that any local group has ever had? And the way we did it five years ago, we have raw milk for our members, and the health department on Memorial Day, uh, put up cease and desist and quarantine notices. Wow. And everybody got together and talked and prayed. And over Memorial Day weekend, we called the private phone numbers that happened to be on the website for the legislature and the Senate on the uh, 
state uh, legislative website, mm-hmm. and we ask them thanks for supporting our freedom and allowing us to have co-op laws, and how come the health department can close us down when we're not selling anything, it's only for members. Yep. This is the only victory, Darren, that I know of uh, for the organic and raw uh, uh, milk movement because they admitted they made a mistake, not just a misunderstanding. Well, there was a victory uh, not too long ago, Dan, uh, in Canada. Uh, the Canadian authorities were uh, raiding one of these uh, co-ops as well, and uh, they pretty much, uh, the people came over and basically shut those Canadian officials down. Uh, they came in, backed their truck in, if I remember correctly, and uh, they were about to uh, seize a bunch of cheese. In fact, they had loaded a bunch of the stuff up on the truck, uh, cheese and milk and I don't know what else. Uh, anyway, uh, the people uh, put out a notice to the members there, and they came with all kinds of uh, vehicles and blocked the trucks and said, hey, guess what, guys? You're not going anywhere. Wow. <laughs> and they ended up having to like go and unload the truck. What's that? Wow. Remember in Colorado where they said you're going to keep these roads open for the wildlife people? We're trying to shut them down for the ranchers and farmers out there. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. Yep. That's what people are people are going to have to do. And I'm reading a really good book by James Mitchell right now, The Bridge and Andow. People want to see what we're headed for. Read what the Hungarians had to put up with under during and their fight against communism. Mm. Very good. What was the name of that uh, book That's again? Where we're headed. What, what was the name of the book the again? The Bridge of Andau, A-N-D-A-U. The okay. Bridge at Andau, A-N-D-A-U. It's a, it's a uh, place where a bridge between Hungary and Austria, and the book is by James Mitchner, so it's really good. Okay, very good. All right, well, listen. Thank- the whole thing. Yeah, all right. Very good. Hey, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much, Dan. Good hearing from you. God bless you, Darren. Take care. Great show as always. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. God bless you, too. All right. We got another caller on the line. I believe this is Florida. So let's go ahead and go down to Florida and talk to this caller. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Who do we have? This is Harvey in Florida. Hey, Harvey. How you doing? Good, Darren. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Actually, we've had some good weather here. Uh, sun's been shining this morning. Uh, it was shining all day. Blue skies, believe it or not. We don't have the chemtrails uh, at this point in time, which is absolutely amazing. So uh, it's always nice to see where they're not spraying us with poison. <laughs> Any day that you're not being sprayed with poison oh, yeah. is a good day, my friend. <laughs> oh, that's, that's for sure. You know, the last caller was quite, quite astute, and he brought up black magic. Mm-hmm. This whole this whole election routine, which you covered in the beginning of your show today, this this circus, this is a, a black magic trick. It's a magic trick. While you're looking at these candidates squawking and squawking each other and backstabbing each other and arguing back and forth, and you presented many many uh, reporters talking about it all. While you're doing, while they're all doing that, it's all a distraction. Because recently we 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 reinvaded Iraq. We have thousands and thousands of men guarding the oil wells of the Iraqi people, which we bombed and slaughtered a million and a half people. 
We disturb the whole the whole country of Iraq. We support weaponize the Saudis who are uh, invaded Yemen or trying to take over Yemen and slaughter those people, innocent mothers, grandfathers, babies, children, turn that into a total hellhole. Yep. We invaded Afghanistan, did the same thing, million and a half people dead, people on the run, every normal person is destroyed. But hey, that heroin, and the heroin trade is coming in here pretty good, though. That makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? The heroin, well, yeah, you know, the uh, even NPR and all the rest of the media covered a while ago how there's an epidemic of heroin in the, in the yeah. cities of America. Can't Can you imagine, imagine that? Yeah, I just can't imagine that. That's a real head-scratcher, isn't it? <laughs> well, we had the Karzai family in Afghanistan for, what, 10 years? And uh, the Karzai's brother's a heroin operator, and his the other brother lives in Baltimore, where all the heroin smuggled into. They run the heroin out of Baltimore, uh, USA. So, so this is as sick as it gets. And we're supposed to worry about who who's going to be on top in the phony presidency. That that's black magic. That's sick. But it yeah. works. Yeah. It works every time. They put it on that idiot tube. I haven't watched TV in 15 years. I have no cable TV. I have you. You're my news. <laughs> you're my news operation. Well, I'm honored. And thank God for you. Well, I appreciate it. It's an honor to, to know you and to be able to call your show. Let me tell you, brother, this is, this is unbelievable. This is, and it's, it's going to be coming to an end, and you're going to need a shelter because I don't think any shelter is really going to be able to protect us, actually, well, nuclear radiation. We're coming down to the point, uh, Harvey, where I don't know how long we're going to be able to do this because once the, the war breaks out and they start uh, cracking down on what they would call propaganda outlets. You know, uh, everything has turned 180 degrees on its head today. People that tell the truth are going to be people that are being labeled propagandists. You know, and uh, I think it'll be done under the guise of cracking down on, oh, you know, Russia Today and press TV and outlets that are controlled by foreign entities. But I could see them turning it inward on the, on the shows like ours and, 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 and the other Patriot networks, you know. Truly stifling free free speech. Go ahead. They lose sleep at night knowing that people like you, ordinary people, are taking over the airwaves and have more listeners than all their television stations. I mean, it's 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 a terrific thing, but they can't sleep at night knowing that you guys actually and not too many left actually. Some of them, some of them already sold out to the other side, and they're going to commercialize everything. When they first came up with cable TV, it was supposed to be no commercials, supposed to be community television. Well, pretty soon all the big guys bought up everything, right? So that's that's really what happened. It became nothing, nothing but commercials and crap and propaganda. So that's why I don't have cable TV. But yeah. thank God you're still on the air and we're still free to talk. But you know. We don't really need a nuclear war. We have we have three nuclear power plants melting in Japan, in Japan now for five years. Well, and they'll and continue to melt for millions of years. Yeah, and we're surrounded by we're surrounded by uh, faulty and aging nuclear power plants here in the United States too. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is there are incidents at nuclear plants all across this country right now. I mean that. I mean, I'm of the opinion, you know. I, if you're going to be in the nuclear industry, at least get in to the point where you modernize things. Because uh, using these uh, 
these plants that are well past their life. They're, I mean, you're using way old technology, and, 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 and this is full of potential problems. I mean, it's only a matter of time. You know, and we've already seen a number of scares involved, and, and certainly Fukushima is a, is a perfect example of what can go wrong. You know, but we've had other examples, you know, the, the Three Mile Island and, and uh, uh, the Chernobyl. Uh, I remember growing up with the Chernobyl thing going on, and everybody on the planet probably has Chernobyl radiation in their body as a result of this. But we just continue to whistle past the graveyard, don't we? Okay, I think I lost him. Uh, all right, well, sorry, Harvey. <laughs> I don't know if he's... Well, maybe he is here. Maybe he called back. Go ahead. Uh, hello, caller. Yep, it's me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what, why we lost you. I guess that they didn't like the direction I was going. It's totally <laughs> dead deadline. Huh, but of weird. course, the, the nuclear power plants that are here are are absolute disaster. It's a ticking time bomb waiting to happen because they're all on waterways, and it's so easy for anybody. You know, you have suicide terrorists. Well, everyone is on a waterway on an ocean. They're super accessible by any type of boat with explosives on it, and they store all the nuclear waste at every power plant that was ever started in America. They never shipped one bit of waste out of those plants. They're all stored there in pools. They're not under domes. They're not under concrete sarcophagi. They're sitting in swimming pools on the properties of every nuclear power plant. There's 140 of them in the United States alone. So instead of slaughtering women and children on the other side of the world, our military should be coming back to America rebuilding the power plants, protecting the waste, and figuring out what the hell to do with those waste products. So, of course, we're all on borrowed time. Yeah. Borrowed time. Yeah. That that should be the title of your show today. Thank you so much, Darren. All right, you have, well, have a great day. All right. God bless you. appreciate your call there, Harvey. And so it will be. We'll, look, we'll call it borrowed time. Thank you. I, I hate to come to this microphone every week, ladies and gentlemen, and seem like we're doomsayers, but we got to tell you the truth, because that's the problem, is if our country is ever to be restored, and, and make no mistake about it, we're going to go into the hard times. There's no way to avoid that. Things have been set in motion in such a way that the, the hard times are going to be very unavoidable, and I do think there's some major calamity that the establishment, and maybe multiple calamities at the same time, that the establishment is planning to try to make people desperate. Now, to what degree that is, all they really would have to do is pull the plug on the power grid. And then you're going to see our cities turned into war zones. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people dying. There's going to be bloodshed. There's going to be thievering. There's going to be killing. That's all they would really have to do. Sit back and wait for the show. But regardless of what the situation would be, your best option is to be aware of what's coming. And we've been right, and I don't mean just me, I mean many, many people, the patriot movement in general, the alternative media in general. We have a burgeoning alternative media that has been active, have, has been active for many, many years. 
pretty much everything we've said so far has come to pass or is in the process of coming to pass. So how can we continue to turn away and bury our heads in the sand? Uh, we uh, He mentioned, um, Harvey mentioned <clears throat> Yemen. The Saudis have been engaging in very active wars in Yemen. Speaking of economic fallout, listeners, we see from the New York Times, Saudi Arabia is now threatening us, listeners, with economic calamity. They're in the process right now. In fact, uh, there are people calling for a bill. They're, they're calling for a declassification of 21 pages, which supposedly fingers Saudi Arabia for the 9-11 attacks. Now, I find it very interesting that we never talk about Israel's role in 9-11. And there's a lot of evidence that Israel, well, I mean, all you have to do is look and see who gains, who stands to benefit the most from the U.S. war in the Middle East. Israel wants to control the Middle East. And Israel was put there by the world powers. The UN. Israel's a United Nations operation. Uh, but the New York Times says Saudi Arabia has told the Obama administration and members of Congress that it will sell off hundreds of billions of dollars worth of American assets held by the kingdom if Congress passes a bill that would allow the Saudi government to be held responsible for American in American courts for any role in the September 11th, 2001 attacks. So Saudi Arabia, ladies and gentlemen, is threatening economic warfare. That's how I read this. They're threatening economic warfare against the United States if this bill is passed. The Obama administration has lobbied Congress to block the bill's passage, according to administration officials and congressional aides, from both parties, and the Saudi threats have been the subject of intense discussions in recent weeks between lawmakers and of... Okay, now wait a minute. Think about what they're telling us here. The Saudi threats have been the subject of intense, intense discussions in recent weeks. So we can thumb our nose at this and say, hmm, well, this, you know, what do we care what Saudi Arabia does? It's not going to have that big of an impact. Oh, oh, Really? Well, then why have the officials, lawmakers and officials from the State Department and the Pentagon, the Times says, have been discussing, intensely so, these Saudi threats? Seems to me like they're very worried. Hmm. The Saudis must be holding a lot of cards, ladies and gentlemen. They say the officials have warned senators of diplomatic and economic fallout from the legislation. Adele Al-Jubur, the Saudi foreign minister, and I'm sure I butchered his name, delivered the kingdom's message personally last month during a trip to Washington, telling lawmakers that Saudi Arabia would be forced to sell up to, hang on, $750 billion. $750 billion in treasury securities and other assets in the United States before they could be 
in danger of being frozen by American courts. <clears throat> now, several uh, outside economists are skeptical that the Saudis will follow through, saying that such a sell-off would be difficult to execute and would end up crippling the kingdom's economy. But the threat is another sign of the escalating tensions between Saudi Arabia and the United States. What power is left today in the world that we're not having tensions with? That's my question. As we move along, we see uh, from the Weekly Standard, we talk a lot on this show about free trade. We talk a lot of this on this show about the problems with not having tariffs on imports to penalize multinational corporations for outsourcing jobs and shopping around the world for the cheapest labor. We need to have them penalized for doing so. We need to have it where it costs them more to import their goods in this country than just to make them here. Without that, they're free to shop around, and in fact, they will to be competitive. Now we see Obama administration pressured a shoe company to stay quiet on the TPP. Oh, but I thought the TPP was glorious. The TPP is going to do so well for our economy. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.